0: Alan Robson on the big one. Now we found some calls from 1988 when we started talking about ghosts. I love it when you lot just let loose. And back in the day, before we ever thought to go out to a haunted house or we ever thought to travel the world and do all of the amazing stuff that we've done, we used to do something that to be honest I think is as good, it's letting you guys loose and telling us everything you've ever experienced in your life. 1988, how many voices do you remember? How many characters? Maybe how many of you are still there? Right, our first caller is David from Newton Hall, Durham,
1: on Line 3. Hello, David. Hello there. Hello, sir. Yeah, all right. Yes, what would you like to talk about? I suppose that's an obvious question. No. Well, we've got to chop our first one. How was a Wally? However, our next caller is an anonymous female who is ringing from South Shields and she is on Line 1. Hello, anonymous. It's male. It is. Hello. Um, it's male, not female. Oh, it's male. Right. Sorry. Well, hello, male anonymous person. <laughs> um, well, I'm kind of nervous, like. Right. What's, what's your story, then?
2: Well, it was like about seven years ago Well, I used to live in Indonesia, you see. And um, like, I lived there with my ma- mum and dad, because like, my dad was working over there. Uh-huh. And then, um, like, now and again, we'll get power cuts. Now and again, we're, like, when there's storms. Yeah. And, um, in, well, when one of the storms, uh, um, I looked at, like, one of the windows where there was, like, light shining through. Then all of a sudden, I seen, like, a woman standing there, and, like, she had, um, like, white hair, and, um... and, like, she had, um, Jesus sandals on and things, mm-hmm. and, um...
1: So she was an Indonesian woman?
2: No, she was British. Like, in... like, and she was, um, all in, like, old-fashioned dress, sort of thing. And it was just like really weird. She just seemed like normal. Uh-huh. But then like a few days later I told me mother and and like she said um, that it was just like me mother like, and oh.
1: it was just really funny I think. So how did that, I mean when you heard that how, and, and witnessed all of this how did it affect you? Well I was shocked. Do you, do you believe it actually was your mum?
2: No it was my mum's mum because I described it to me mum and she said it was like her mum.
1: <laughs> right. So it's hmm. So as your grandmother, you hadn't seen photos of this woman. Well, I, I,
2: I I've never actually
3: seen
1: photos of her before. I saw her there. Yeah. So the problem is, what do you believe she was? Was she a memory of the past? Was she a, a ghost? Something wandering around Earth forevermore? Because she'd been naughty or something? I
2: don't really know. It's just um it just appeared there. I mean, I never thought about anything,
1: anything. Right, so what do you think about Halloween? That's part and parcel of what we're doing tonight. Do you, th- do you think we should celebrate it and have a good laugh and I go around? it should around? be more fun. It, rather than take and say But some people that say, ah, but people start off for fun, but then they get possessed by the devil and all that sort of thing. Oh, I don't
2: believe in that. I feel like there should, have, there should be discos and things, you know, like dressing up. Right. I mean, in America, it's really great in America. Because
1: um, the dress-up and all sorts of things, it's just great. So we should think of it as fun. You don't think that's the way that the devil tempts souls away from heaven?
2: Well,
1: I think only the Ben people go into that. Right, okey-doke. <laughs> Thanks for being a first-timer Anon. Good to have him. I believe we have found Eric from Sunderland. He is back. Hello, Eric. Hello. Hello, hello, hello sir. Hello. I believe uh, you've got a bit of a tale to tell.
4: Ah,
5: uh, there's a... there's a ghost here. Yeah, uh, the card lad
1: of Hilton. Ah, Hilton Castle. Hilton Castle. Yeah, oh, yeah. brilliant. Now he was a boy called Skelton. Mm-hmm. Do you want the full story? Yes, please. Go ahead. Aye, right.
5: well, you see, he was—he was murdered in sixteen hundred and nine, in July sixteen hundred and nine, and his body was missing for about three weeks. When he body, when his body was eventually found, he was headless. Mm. and he was known as the, the cowed lad hilton c-o-w-e-d cowed yeah uh but the wall that runs alongside the castle here he used to sit on the top of it with his head dangling from the hair oh. and shout he was card Jesus. which of course is called in this part of the world uh and local people they said wouldn't shelter behind the wall mm because the blood used to drip on them from his head.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh! what a story! Oh. <laughs> what a story. So, I mean, do you, have, you, have you witnessed the card line? Me, myself? Yes. Well, if I must tell the truth, no. Right. You, do you, the, does the, it feel funny? Does it feel funny being in a place where there is uh, one of uh, the best-known uh, ghosts in the I feel It feels a little bit funny tonight, uh-huh.
5: right. uh Right. I've not noticed it before. I've been in all times, in the dark, in the, you know... And mm-hmm. Horrible days, and I've not noticed it before. But tonight it does just feel that maybe. Right.
1: So you reckon it it could be the fact that it's yeah, Halloween. Uh, maybe? It's got to be tonight, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm, right, uh-huh. it's got to be tonight. So what about local people? Do the locals say that they've say They say that they're uh, frightened to be well,
5: there. Uh, about thirty or something like thirty-five years ago, there was uh, when they were building the estate round here. Uh, there was a watchman's fire tipped over. You know the old brave fire yes, type yes. of thing. Uh, and he he wouldn't come back anymore. He said uh, the cow <laughs> lad had kicked his fire over.
1: <laughs> Do you know why he was killed? Why was a cow lad killed? He, he was asked to bring a horse and
5: carriage to the door at a certain time. Mm. And when he didn't come, the master went to find out why, and he was asleep in the hay I see. with the horses. And he lost his temper and slew him by cutting off his head with a with a with a sword. Yeah. And put his body into
1: a pond, you see. So he was missing for three weeks. So the idea is, don't go near Hilton Castle, otherwise the blood from his severed head could, ah, drip, he could, on you. could well drip on you. That Aye. is That's wonderful, a, Eric. Thank yeah. you for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure. First class. What about that? Ooh, bit of a story. Blood and gore. What about that? Do we get any horsey ghosts? Headless horsemen? We've got a headless cow, Glad of Hilton. And if you, if can I just ask if you? I know a lot of people are interested in this. If you're a landlord of a pub or a club or a hotel or a building that has a ghost, tell us about it. We want to know. 488 four double eight three one double eight. More night hours in a sec.
0: Alan Robson's Night Owls. Isn't it incredible? I'm loving this. I hope you guys are too. This is taking me right back. You know, when you, you kind of turn full circle? Incredible. And the pace and the number of calls. Let's have some more. It's the Night Owls. We've got Justin from
1: Gateshead on too. Hello, Justin.
6: Hello. Hello. I've got a creepy story for you, Alan. Let's have it. Hey, uh, I was going thing. <laughs> 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 I'm just, just tell your night, I <laughs> And so, like, my mum used to live in Long Benton, like, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was, my nana's house was supposed to be built on top of a monastery. Was it? And, and there was, uh, there was supposed to be monks there, and I'm not sure if any of them were killed or something. Yeah. But then it was found down, there's, like, an estate there, it's beside West Farm Avenue or somewhere.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: And so, there's, like, my mum's, and, like, all the families had, like, ghostly goings on there, and my mum walked into the toilet one day, and there was a... Like a see through apparition beside the toilet and there was sticks all around it and there was flaming and there was like, uh, like somebody being
1: put to the stake, you know? Oh, in a, t- in, in the toilet? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, did the ghost have its clothes around its ankles or? No, <laughs> at the time, like... <laughs> but what did she, I mean, how did that, did she immediately move house or what?
6: No, well, there's like a few more things because me two uncles, like got two there as well. Uh-huh. And then, one day, my Uncle John was in the toilet and he was rattling on the um, door, and he was shouting that my other uncle to, like, get off the door, you know? Uh-huh. And he, he went in, and this door just stopped, and it was throwing him about, it was violent. And then my uncle wasn't, the other uncle was just lying in the bed. And then, I think it's been following people around since I've moved, because me Nana's moved now, you know?
7: Mm-hmm.
6: And even here today, the day, I went to see Prince, you know, there's a plug for the most talented man. Yes. And I had me tickets on the wall, and then, just two, and then there was one on my door. And I woke up the next morning, I, I think it was after Halloween. Uh-huh and they were rearranged all over the wall, like, in the pyramid thing. Right. And then it just opened the two locks on the back door, and then the fire came on. And then all my other relations who so used to live there had, like, ghost things, and, like, a, a, a hand jumped on I me on her throat a couple of weeks ago, and it was, like, choking her. <sighs> and so it was just not, like, senile, I know, you know,
1: you You sound, to me, though, as if you totally believe that these things actually happen.
6: You do, well, don't you? There's a couple that's happened to me, or we had like, you
1: know. So, uh, beyond coincidence and beyond anything else, I mean, it could only be a ghostly thing. I think so. Right. Well, fascinating stuff, Justin. Thank you very much. Exactly what we're after. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. So, in that case, again, the northern ghost experienced their actually physical presence. You saw it. You felt it. Well, I mean, that that is that is a big deal. And what about a burning monk? being burnt at the stake in your toilet, okay? <laughs> so it, once you, it makes you want to go seeing something like that and you can't get in because he's there. We've got Alec Todd next who's on line nine. Now, Alec is kindly helping us out because we've got two night owls in what is renowned as the most haunted place in the northeast. It's in Blanchland. Fabulous hotel except for the haunted room. It's the Lord Crew Arms, and Alex on line nine. Hello, Alec. Hello. Hello. Now, I believe you've had something to do with the ghost, or you, you've en- certainly encountered it.
5: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, she's... Actually, our ghost is quite a nice one. She didn't come to an awful end. She, um, simply haunts the hotel. She's here all the time. You feel her. Um, she, uh... Sam's doors occasionally rocks in rocking chairs, but generally she's here trying to send a message to her brother, who was exiled to France in the 1700s, and she's always trying to tell him that he can come back now all is safe. Right. a so, story, but uh, she's certainly very
1: much a presence. So what, what about the ghost herself, though? You, you have encountered something to do with the ghost.
5: Uh, I've certainly felt her presence. Lots of people, and certainly lots of people who live in the village, know that she's here, and quite a few have seen her. But, mm. um, one senses her in the room, you sense her on the stairs. Um, She's very much a presence in this building and she's been here a very, very long
1: time. The thing that some night owls will maybe find hard to understand, you know the feeling when people describe it as, oh, somebody's just walked over my grave, hmm. and you get that sort of involuntary shiver. Is that what it feels like to have a presence? Because maybe people have s- sensed what you sense, where they live. I think
5: you more sense that somebody is around and yet you know perfectly well that nobody is there. Mm. Or no... Um, ordinary person but certainly um uh it's not uh, i don't think it's a particularly unpleasant ghost this this one mm-hmm. although of course some can be pretty nasty but um she didn't have an unpleasant experience in this house and no. um, she probably had a very pleasant childhood here
7: mm-hmm.
5: uh, she and her brother um then they were separated when um i suppose she was a youngish girl mm-hmm. Um, Never saw him again, and seems to have decided to stay on here from about uh, 1730
1: onwards. Does it not unnerve you knowing that there could be some eyes from the grave staring at your every move?
5: (laughs) Not in the least, no. She's rather good company.
1: (laughs) Right, well, thank you very much for talking to Mm -hmm. us, Alec, and thanks for your help with tonight. I believe we have two young ladies locked away in the room.
4: you have if we can get hold of them. (laughs)
1: Thank you very much again. So there we have got two young ladies in the haunted room. We will be getting an update from them fairly soon. But our next caller is an anonymous, one of those ones from Sunderland. It is a lady on three. Hello, anonymous. Hello, anonymous lady on line three. Are you there? is there anybody there we seem to be getting nothing so our next caller i know not from where but i'm about to be told it is in fact buried oh good heavens we seem to be i've just been told in my headphones we have got yet someone else who is connected to somewhere that most of the people in the northeast will know barry dixon is on well, tell me what line he's on please that will be Annie. he's on line 10. hello barry hello hello now i've just been told that you are from another ghostly place <laughs> F- not personally, no. Well,
8: but, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I have had a ghostly experience in another place. <laughs> so, yeah. where, where, where was that? Uh, it was in a, in a public house, the Highlander Inn at Belsay.
1: Yes, no, well.
8: And uh, I used to be the manager up there for about three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, about, that was about two years ago, so about two and a half, three years ago, I did have a little bit of an experience up there. One night, it would be, I don't know, about 12 o'clock. And. Um, I went to bed, my wife was upstairs and she was asleep and locked up and everything, everything was sorted out. Yeah. Went upstairs to bed and I was, I couldn't sleep for some, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes perhaps. And I sat up in bed, looked down at the bottom of the bed, I had a strange sort of feeling. Mm. And so there was somebody sitting on the end of the bed on the wife's side. <laughs> and uh, when I, I sort of strained my eyes, because although we had the curtains were drawn but the very thin curtains and there was a, there was a light from a, quite a bright light from the moon outside yeah and this figure stood up and then when i looked again again like rubbing my eyes i was thinking i was yeah, it's hallucinating or whatever i don't know yeah. but uh, i looked again there was two figures one just under the bottom of the bed my, my wife's side and I was thinking to myself, well, no, I haven't had a drink, so it can't <laughs> be that. And, uh, something's actually happening here. I was sitting there, actually, in the end for about, I don't know, 15 minutes watching these two. Mm. Um, not dressed in old dress at all, they were dressed, seemingly reasonably modelled. Um, mm-hmm. the chap had trousers on, and the shirt, the girl had what I could only describe as perhaps a Laura Ashley sort of... Yeah, yeah. ...flimsy dress on. We well, you know what you mean. And I kind of leaned forward in the bed, reaching out. Towards them, and they actually stepped back, and then they turned as if to sort of be talking to each other or whatever. And uh, I mean, I could see through them; I could see the shadows of their bodies. I couldn't see any f- facial features, mm. but I could see shadows, and I could see sort of the, the set of drawers behind them. And all the time, I was thinking. I kept turning away, mm. and looking back, and thinking, "What the devil's happening?" Yes. I actually tried to wake my wife up. She woke up in the end, but turned around and started uh, cracking his heads again, but um, it was, I wouldn't say disturbing, it was quite pleasant if you like, but nothing, nothing untoward, nothing nasty or anything, but it was certainly, as I say, for 15 minutes I was sitting there and shutting my eyes tightly, looking again, and it was still there, and I leant forward about three times, mm. and each time the step back, and as I went
1: back to step forward again. You see, the thing that I I find strange is if, if I woke up in the middle of the night and there were two ghostly apparitions on the end of my bed, I'd be more tempted to go (laughs) <laughs> how, how come you, you felt at peace and at ease with yourself?
8: I haven't got the first idea. <laughs> I just, as I say, I, 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 at first I, I was thinking to myself, I was cataloguing all the events and I was thinking, right, well, I'm not drunk because I haven't had a drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I haven't had anything on my mind recently. And I mean, wasn't it looking back and forward and it was still there.
1: Is there a history at the Highlander in Belsia? I mean, is there a story that goes with this? Well. Or?
8: Uh, I, was sp- I had I half spoken to some of the, the, the staff. There's a couple there that were there, Bob and Elsie, who have been there for a long, long time. Yeah. And there was, there's various rumours, uh, I suppose, all old, old pubs, particularly when they're up in old farmhouses or whatever, mm. have got a history, whether it's made up or not, I don't know. Uh, strangely enough, actually, some, some few weeks before this, um, I was actually out one night with my wife. Uh, I have a dog, and we had the dog with us. And when I came back, some of the regulars... And one of my main bar staff and my assistant manager had said that heard footsteps from upstairs in the flat. Yeah. The distinct footsteps. Um, walking across the kitchen floor, which th- was the only floor which was just covered with floorboards.
7: Mm.
8: And then um, the assistant manager actually <laughs> eventually took the courage to go upstairs because he knew I wasn't in. <laughs> and he thought it was a prowler, but there was absolutely nothing, no sign of breaking, nothing. Yeah. Um, and I sort of I, I poo-pooed the idea. Yeah. I, I dismissed it and said, no, nah, don't be stupid. You know, it's probably just the floorboards creaking. Yeah. And of course, when I saw, actually saw them, I, I mean, I've told a few people the story, but obviously many, many people don't believe you. Yeah. And I wouldn't, Probably believed people myself, uh, but I wouldn't have believed people myself until it actually happened to me, and it was, as I say, not disturbing. It was strange, though. Very, very strange to
1: say the least. Yes. Yeah. Do you believe there were dead spirits that are? I mean, what's your view on what do you think ghosts or spirits are? Now that you've actually come face to face with them?
8: Um, oh, difficult to say. I mean, having these these this this sight that I saw could have been. Well, it could have been anything. It could have been some people that had, had been there before, had, had either died there or died somewhere else. Funnily enough, I hadn't actually looked into it, which I was just mm. actually thinking to myself there before, why I didn't. Um, perhaps because I didn't feel threatened or anything. If I'd felt threatened, because yeah. I did actually live in the, in the building a further year to, after seeing this, mm. if I'd felt threatened, um, I would have certainly looked into it and perhaps Feral left, I don't know. Mm. But... Um, I I didn't. I I feel, yeah, probably, I don't know, perhaps trying to say something in their own way or or, or just on looking or whatever. So that's the only time I saw them. Didn't see them before, didn't see them again. But um, I'll talk about the laughing here, but I'm calling from a pub which I'm working at at the moment. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So where (laughs) are we. Michael Flint on the key side. All right, there's
1: the the plug. Good man. (laughs) Yeah, no,
8: it was was a very, uh, well, not very pleasant, but reasonably pleasant experience. and... uh,
1: Has it made you fear death less? Uh, uh, yes, I suppose. Yes, probably yes. Right, okay. I, I must move on. We've got quite a few calls with other tales. But, Barry, thank you very much for calling. It's, again, fascinating to hear somebody that genuinely believes he's seen what he's seen. Thanks again. Cheers. Cheers, Barry. Bye-bye. So, he's at Flynn's, plug, blog, plug, blog at Newcastle Keys, <laughs> and he believes. Do you? Tyneside, 488-3188. Don't forget those numbers quickly. If you want to televote. are you for or against Halloween, if you're in favour, 0898345228. If you're against, it's the same number. 0898345, the last digit changes two two nine okay if you're for or against things are changing all the time there we have got rob a caller from benwell after
0: this a lot of people say that was me andy mary and uh, we're getting loads of that going on uh keep listening we've got a lot more of this coming your way and a few surprises in store later too alan robson's Snydell's looking back and our next caller rob from benwell on four hello rob Hello, Alan. Hiya. You all right?
1: Yes, champion. What can we do for you?
5: Right, I'll tell you a story what happened to us tonight. Yeah, what's that? Um, Now, I want you to picture the scene. There I was in the kitchen making a nice cup of coffee and it's going to sound unbelievable but I was preparing myself for night old for, like, the, you know, the scary stories and that. And I was just thinking about them and, uh, all of a sudden, all the lights went out. Now, I just run. Well, when I see I run, I tripped over the dog first, <laughs> that was the because she's completely black, you yeah. Know, black Labrador. Yeah. And uh, I went straight in, and I fell straight over the dog, and crawled in the front room to tell me, Mom, mm. and she, she was more interested in the film, and she <laughs> thought I was just carrying on, you know, i turned the power off, because all day I've been... Yeah, you know, tell her about the Halloween thing. Yeah,
7: you know?
5: right. And uh, <laughs> I taped that thing yesterday. What that funny story? Yeah. What you had on a half past one, mm. and she was more interested in the film. <laughs> 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 That's it. So,
1: what do you reckon you experience?
5: Uh, well, it was a power cut actually. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we've got a substation on the corner of the street, and somebody turned it off. <laughs> so the road streets been, like talking in the front, you know, waiting for the.
1: Yeah, but isn't it, isn't it funny that just when you're thinking about something peculiar, or you're sitting down reading a ghost story, there'll be a power cut? or...?
5: And then you just had to see me face. <laughs> I just my face, my chin just dropped to the floor, and the poor dog's still under the table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't squash him, did you?
5: Well, it's uh,
1: nearly as big as me, Lee. Like. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mess him away, up. So, he, j- he just sort of sat there and went, And yeah. um, you know this, um, phone call thing about, uh,
5: if you believe it, well, yeah. I'm all for it, actually.
1: Why, though? A lot of people say that you're just opening yourself to the devil and all, they'll take over your soul and you've had it. Oh, I've had it that long, Alan, you get used to it. <laughs> I mean, it's, the only
5: thing I don't disagree is when, you know, the young kids, uh, like, because around eye, I'm right next to Cannes Street School, Yes, and, uh, you know, they're playing around there while they're building the new school, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's all open land now. You
1: so think. you don't mind these bands coming to your door saying trick-or-treats and with the lanterns and all that stuff.
5: Well, I let them do all the tricks and treats, like, I, I like going along with them, I way because I want a full works before I give them any money. And that sounds horrible, like.
1: No, it's fair dues. I mean, if they're going to sing a song, wait, let's finish before giving them the dosh. Because
5: yeah. <laughs> when I was young, uh, then, this trick-or-treat, that I, once I said, penny for the guy, someone nicked me guy. He
1: gave me <laughs> a penny. <laughs> so, I'm just getting me home back. That's brilliant. Rob, thanks very much. Brilliant. Mm. Cheers. <laughs> Bye-bye. There are like that in Benwell, you know. Our next caller is Gail from Chester Chesterley Street, who's on 6. Hello, Gail.
9: Hello. Hello. Is
1: there anybody there? I hope so.
9: <laughs> well, I'm lying in bed with my candle, feeling all spooky. Right. And I'm listening to all these tales, and I just have to pick up the phone and ring you and tell you something that happened to my dad and my family about 10 years ago now. Um, I'm not going to tell you all the phone names because we dad will kill
1: us. Right. That's, that's all right. So what happened to them?
9: Well, my dad has always been a bit of a uh, down-to-earth, I mean, I've always believed in ghosts and everything, but my dad's always sort of poo-pooed it, you know what I mean? Um, and then about 1974, I think it was, yes, he had a very, very close friend, suddenly died. He was only 42 years old and he was like a brother. to <laughs> him. It was amazing, you know? And my dad was just, Absolutely devastated. They were like brothers. They used. My dad was always a bit of a DIY nut, and he had a shed at the bottom of the garden. Um, And he never ever lent his tools out except to this one man. And this man was such a good friend to my dad. He used to just come and he used to just knock on the door and shout to me mum, "It's only me." And he used to put his hand up, get the key where my mum used to hang it, and just let himself in. And whatever my dad had was his. Whatever you know, he had was my dad's. Anyway, he suddenly. 42 year old, as I said, dropped down dead with a brain hemorrhage, and it was just like the bottom fell out of me dad's world he was so depressed in that for weeks. Mm. But he couldn't, um, I mean, it was about six months after he died, he started having these terrible, terrible nightmares, you know, that he felt as if he was calling for him all the time, you know. And it just was not me dad, if it had been anybody else, I could have understood it. But not me dad, he's so level headed, you know. And I yeah. was saying, Well, you know, it's probably just the way the grief is coming out, mm-hmm. in a different sort of way, you know. Anyway, uh, well, six months went by, and he started to get himself pulled together a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went to this dinner dance one night with another couple of friends. And this couple of friends were spending the night with my mum and dad. They lived at Merton at the time, so they were spending my mum and dad, uh, who lived at Easington. And they came and we, we had a coal fire at the time, my mum said, oh, we are got to chop some sticks uh-huh. so we can have, the, you know, for the fire ready for the next morning. All right. So they came in, and they went to chop some sticks, and my mum, my dad, come back. He went up the shed with his friend, and he come back in, and he says, what have you done with the axe? And he says, I have never been in the shed. So they searched the house, the four of them, my mum, my dad, and the company, the man and the woman, and they'd been out all the night, but they weren't drunk or anything like that. They searched that house high and low, couldn't find the axe anywhere. They searched the shed, they searched the house anyway. So man says, oh, listen, it's getting late, we'll just go to bed. Mm. So they just locked the shed up for the night and they went to bed. And the next morning, eight o'clock in the morning, my dad went into the shed with this man who was staying at the house and the first thing he saw is he opened the door was the axe standing straight up in the vice. Oh. It was just standing there. I mean, there was no way anybody had been in that shed any of the time in the night. The lights were all on in the shed. Jesus. But it was just standing there as plain as day and there's no way he could have explained it. I mean, there's no... It was amazing and the shock, horror, I mean... Anybody else would have been able to accept it. My mum said, well, you know what that is. And me dad, no way. He went to yeah. he was so depressed for months afterwards because he just couldn't believe. He said, there's got to be an explanation. There's just got to be an explanation. He wouldn't accept that there'd been anything else. And then he started to think, well, was it his axe? You know? Yeah. I mean, it was my dad's axe. But uh-huh. my dad started to think, well did I borrow it from him? You know, he'd had it that long. Yeah. He just couldn't, you know, he just couldn't get it into his head why this should happen. And the, my dad was really right. and he said to me, he said, hey, I think he wants to be out. I think, you know. Yeah. He, 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 he died so suddenly, my theory is, he died so suddenly, he hadn't realised... You know how, some yeah. they say that some people die, so suddenly they don't realise they're dead for a few weeks. Right, I have heard that, yeah. And he wandered around in limbo, and I think he wanted the axe, my dad said he, it was his way, my dad said he wanted to be out. Because that was his way of breaking out, you know? Terrible. Sure, well. After for about six months after that, the shed light mysteriously turned itself on. Now my dad could not come to terms with this at all because he just doesn't believe in anything like that. Now I did, and my mum did, we used to just go and turn the shed light off and we never said a thing. Cause it
1: would just upset me dad too much. yeah but if it if it suddenly turned itself on you must have been aware that something was turning it
9: on we knew what it was but we could accept it but it was worse to try and convince somebody who just just absolute
1: sceptic you know? he, just despite the fact that he'd had it spelled out to oh, you know. into
9: this day i mean that happened in 1974 and to this day he will not talk about it. I mean, he says something happened, but there's got to be an explanation for it, and that's his Finish. End of conversation.
1: The house didn't used to belong to the Borden family, did it?
9: <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie Borden took an axe, no, She gave her father 40 bucks, is that right? She knows it! And oh. when she saw what she had done, she gave her mother 41.
1: Well, done. <laughs> You're obviously a bit of a... a bit of a... Uh, a horror fan. the oh, I, I
9: am. But you see, this is what was so amazing because my dad thought that everybody was absolutely crazy until oh. it happened to him, and he cannot believe it. And that happened over ten well of well, how long is it now, 14 years? Mm, yeah. 14 years ago now. And there's been no explanation, and he can't explain that at all. Um, and none of our family can. We've, we've since moved, don't live in that house anymore. I'm not but surprised. It <laughs> was so familiar for him just to come and just knock and say, it's only me. And he would pick the key up off the top, let himself in, and he would take anything he wanted out of there. But I think... He, by taking that axe, he was just letting us know he was yeah, around, but there's no way anybody could have got back in and just to leave an axe, standing up in the vice, so yeah. that it was the first thing
1: you saw as you opened the door. Beyond beyond explanation. Gail, I must move on. We've got tons of people okay. on the line, but thank you very much. We're going to be carrying out, hopefully, uh, the first part of our psychic experiment. We're going to build up uh-huh. to to get used to the idea of what we're doing over the next couple of hours, so you doubtless be able to take I'll part. I'll be there. I'll be listening. Bless <laughs> your heart. Thanks for being <laughs> there. Cheers. Right Bye-bye. So there's Gail from Chester Lee Street and how a ghost story really has changed her family altogether. And we will talk to Mary from Wrighton now on line 7. Hello, Mary. Hello. Hello. Uh, um,
10: Before I start and tell you my story, I must tell you, I was very, very nervous all my life. I used to be terrified in the dark and wouldn't go anywhere by myself. Mm -hmm. Well, the occasion came about 10 years ago. I had to move. My husband got a job away. And we went round looking for houses, and at last I found the ideal house. I thought it was marvelous. Mm. I don't know how anybody could fall in love with a house, but I did. (laughs) And as we were leaving to take the key back to the agent, I had a horrible feeling that there was somebody in the garden watching me. And as I turned round, I said to my husband, Look, there's not one flower in the garden everything was green green privet heads green grass and not one flower which i thought was peculiar
7: mm.
10: while well, we settled into the house and i could see the door handle move and the door open and i was waiting for somebody to pop their head round, and there was nobody there and this happened a few times and i thought i was frightened to tell my husband about this yeah. you know and, you know he's, go like you daft. Well, one day, I saw a little girl run past the window. Mm. I never saw her face. She had a yellow dress, and as she was running, her head was down, and there was long hair mm. hiding her face. Yes. A knock came to the door, and I went to the door, and there was nobody there. Now, this, the door handle, and this girl happened a few times. And then, I had an aunt, and an uncle came, We went along the seafront, bought fish, came back, and we were having dinner. And we just got to the coffee stage, when all of a sudden there was this loud bang, and all the coffee cups rattled, the plates rattled, and yet the curtains never moved. There was no breeze or anything. My aunt ran out one door to look in the street, and my uncle went the other, and there wasn't a soul in this little short street of ten houses. Well, I was still frightened to tell them, and my auntie was real coronation street she said bloody nora is the house haunted and i still didn't tell her mm. later on i was standing washing dishes and i could feel a breath on the back of my neck and i thought it's that girl again and strangely enough i was never frightened i started calling her my friendly ghost yeah then i had a friend came from london and she was sitting on the settee, and she always liked a cup of tea well, I like to wash the dishes first. So I said to her, you sit down with the paper and I'll wash the dishes. Then we'll have a cup of tea in peace. She sat down, picked up the paper, and she said, you're not going to have any peace as a little girl come round. I said, go and let her in. Yeah. And when she opened the door, she said, there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. And she walked into the garden, nobody there. So I didn't even tell her about it. I thought they'd think I was nutty. A few weeks after, I was standing doing my ironing, and my husband was sitting in another room watching television. And he turned around and looked at me very strangely. He said, did you come across the room and put your arms around me? And he had always said, when I was imagining things, it's those pills you're taking for arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he thought he was very skeptical. Yeah. And I said, no, I didn't. He says, well, what a queer feeling. So that got over. And then shortly after, I kept feeling the presence of this girl. And every time I went in the bathroom, there was the lovely smell of the seaside, the ozone. And I never needed any air fresheners in my bathroom. (laughs) It was beautiful. And I used to say to people, can you smell anything? And they used to say, oh, isn't it lovely? Are you using air fresheners? You know, well, time went on and my husband died. And when we came to the funeral, I brought him home to be buried and my friend and my aunt and uncle who had been in the house previous and heard all this going on, Mm. when they came back, I made a cup of tea and I said, I'll make some dinner just to them while I make the cup of tea. And the girl from London opened the paper and she said, you know what? It's a year today since I was here, and I saw that little girl run past the window. And from that day on, I never, ever heard or felt that girl. And I made inquiries round, and I asked, had there been anybody living there with the little girl? Mm -hmm. And they said, no, there was only a sea captain and a housekeeper had lived there for years. And I was told that the house was built on reclaimed land from the sea like they do in Holland
11: yeah. and the
10: mystery was nobody ever, there was only 10 houses mm-hmm. and I'd just been built not very long before and I made inquiries and I could never ever find out and I just wondered was that girl trying to tell me something because it was always seemed to be on a Sunday that she came mm-hmm. and, and I never ever solved that problem. And. Before, when people used to tell me, mm-hmm. yes, there's ghosts, I never pooped the idea because I wasn't now reminded If they saw a ghost, I think, well, they must have seen one. Uh, but now, I really believe, and I strongly believe, that there is life after death.
1: Right, now, on that, Mary, I shall love you and leave you. Lots of other people have opinions, and I thank you very much for yours. Well, she strongly believes in life after death. Uh, is this string too far from the christian path or not what do you think chainside
0: 4883188 this different to any other show we've ever done and yet we've still got more and more and more of those calls that were just bang 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 the night owl's at its best <laughs> It's the Night Owls on Metro.
1: we got Paula from the Lord Crew Arms, I hope, on Line 9. Hello, Paula. Hello. Hello, so you're now in the haunted thingy, are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you feel then? What's it like? Um, nothing's happened so far. We're sitting down at the chairs. <laughs> right, well, it's the chairs that are... Uh, we, I don't know whether you heard earlier on the, the manager telling us all about chairs creaking and the like. Does it feel any...? Uh, is there a strange atmosphere? Is it colder than normal? It's a bit cold
12: but there's a radiator on, but we're sitting at the other end of the room, so that could be why. Right. Um, we tried switching the lights off, but that didn't last
1: long. What, what do you mean?
12: We'll put them back on
1: again, because we're too scared. <laughs> 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 keep the lights out! <laughs> Joe behind me has just yelled, keep the lights out! That's the way oh, you'll... F- no! <laughs> Go, just turn the lights out! Okay? I'll try! Right, we'll come back and check on you a little bit later, in about an hour's time, so enjoy. Keep the lights out! That's the only way you can do these sorts of things. On line ten, we have got Billy, who's calling from somewhere in Gateshead. Hello Billy. Hello. That sounds like Billy Fane. It is. Hello Billy. How are you doing? <laughs> Champion. <laughs> so what about ghosts and you? Are you a
13: believer? Um well, I mean this region's just full of them isn't it? Yeah. I think it's the castles. Mm. There's grey ladies and serpents and all kinds of stories but I, I've got, the, yeah, this, this actually happened. This, it's, it's, I mean, I saw it. You know, so well, yeah? So What was it? It was one night in, uh, well, one afternoon, winter's afternoon, one of those grey, murky, sort of foggy afternoons in in Benwell, mm-hmm. and um, and this traffic warden, who'd had an awful long day searching for cars to put tickets on, <laughs> took uh, took refuge in a in a betting shop doorway. Um, he, he didn't actually venture into the betting shop but he, he did stand in the doorway and and then he noticed this guy parked on a double yellow line mm. just across the road and he couldn't resist it and he, and he came leaping out of the betting shop and tore across Adelaide Terrace and got flattened by a bus mm. and uh, and three days later huge funeral, you know, there were lots of people there who were delighted to see him gone. And, and had this, this beautiful service. And when it came out, was a ticket on the hearse with his signature on it. Oh!
1: <laughs> Absolutely brilliant.
13: <laughs> a lovely tale. I have got a really
0: one. I have. <laughs> have you, what, yeah. what is your really one? Then? I, I, I'd, I'd, this, this, no, this, this
13: really is, it's, um, i keep quiet about it you know because people sort of ridicule you about about doing it and i don't like being laughed at but, <laughs> um it, it was a night nice, some years ago i was i was working there was a the time when the when the nightclubs were big yep. in, in the northeast and and you know we used to finish you, you'd finish a show two three o'clock in the morning and uh, i suppose that makes it sound all the more ghostly but it was it it it, it really there was a, fr- a friend of mine, a lad, a lad I went to school with, and um, and he was and he he was killed on a on a motorcycle. He was killed in a motorcycle accident. Um, it, it was a one of those those freak things. The, the guy the guy who his his motorbike hit a car, um, and uh, well, the details don't really matter. But yeah. he. Uh, he was killed he was killed outright it was just and and i was driving back from from doing a show and sometime afterwards and i came around a bend close by to where this accident happened and i looked in my mirror mm. and and i uh, i swear by everything that's gone that i saw him in my mirror sitting in the back of the car and i turned around and saw nothing, and yeah. turned back and looked in the mirror, and saw the lad sitting there. And uh, and I've I've never I've, I mean I've never had any other experience like it. I've never, I mean I don't you know I don't profess to be into these things at all. Mm. But um, I saw him there, yeah. and I and I, uh, I turned round couldn't see him and turned back and looked in
1: the mirror and saw him again. And I just, I mean, I, I, I can't explain it. I, don't know, I no. don't know why or what, but that's that's what I saw. Right. In in a word, Billy, if I, if I can just uh, push you on, what I want to find out is, are you in favour of Halloween or against it? Do you think it should be enjoyed and carried on, or should it be stopped altogether? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I suppose it,
13: it, 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 it's difficult to say that, isn't it? I mean, the, the uh, my, my little lad was out tonight, right? He's, he's been out. He's he he had a he had a pumpkin lantern, and he's been he's been playing Doty apple, and yeah. uh, and they've been doing the treat or, trick or treat thing. And as far as they're concerned, it's just it's just a way to sort of you know fill a bag of sweets up. <laughs> um, and I don't I don't think there's I don't, I don't think there's any deeper motive than that right. for the kids. Um, I think it's in the, in the way that that many people. Celebrate Christmas uh, or celebrate any, so any you d- festival that has some sort of religious depth to it. Many people, um, many people celebrate it just for, for, for what's in it. It's just, oh, he has a good night, yeah. we'll have a go on this.
1: Right. So you, there's no threat in it as far as you're
13: concerned? Um, uh, I, 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 well, I think not as far as, you know, taking it in that in, in that mm. context, no.
1: Right, okay Billy, thank you very much in Panto oh, at Gateshead Leisure Centre, as well we know this Christmas, <laughs> so we shall enjoy that, and thanks for coming on Billy. Oh, thank you. Cheers mate, bye-bye. So, little Billy fan. wonderful stuff. We've got Dee from Washington next on line 10. Hello Dee. Hello. Hello. Hiya.
12: Um, yes, I'd like to talk about Halloween and children knocking door to door and accompanied by adults. Yeah. Right, well, all it takes is for one child to say trick or treat at the door of a pervert, and he or she might invite him or her in for a treat, and you never know what could happen after that. And now, I do believe in Halloween, though. I do think it's a good thing for children. It's the one time of the year when they can let their imaginations run wild with them.
1: Yeah, so you're for and against then?
12: I'm um, for Halloween, I'm just against children unaccompanied, knocking door to door.
1: Right, is it not something, but in truth, is it not something that maybe you've done in the past, either carol singing or Halloweening?
12: I've never been allowed to do it.
1: <laughs> right. So, uh, so it's dangerous. But these, you say, the pervert type, do, do the pervert types actually do things like that in their own homes? Or do they snatching from the streets? I, I don't know. Well, I do
12: know of one that has done it in his own home. Uh,
1: oh. He's locked away now. Hank Evans. Um. So, in favour of Halloween, basically, but against kids knocking on doors? Yes. Now, you see, there'll be some kids listening to this saying, killjoy, 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 and also saying, it's just because you're tight. <laughs> Don't want <only> to give <laughs> them... Any.
12: Yes, I'm that as well. <laughs> <laughs> we've, had, we've had five groups of children knocking on our door just
1: tonight. Right. And did you give them anything?
12: No. Nope. <laughs> we did the other night. <laughs> but anyway, I've got another point to make, anyway. What's that? Right. Um, I h- hope that somebody from Whitburn calls in tonight. Because it's got two great spook places, What's that? supposedly. Now, one's a pub that you've been into yourself. It's a jolly sailor. Yes,
7: yes, yeah, been in well. there.
12: Yes, um, the sailor was supposed, supposedly killed there. I don't know how, that's why I'm hoping somebody will come on to tell you exactly what happened. Right. But anyway, he must have enjoyed the booze at that pub so much he keeps calling back.
1: <laughs> what about the other one? <laughs>
12: uh, that's with Hall. It was famous for having a pink lady haunting it. And then somebody bought it over, and he must have felt sorry for her, and he built the luxury flats all over the place instead.
1: <laughs> so you want the true stories of both of them, if possible? Yes, I don't know about, much about them in depth. Right, Dee, okay, thank you very much for that. We've got Wayne from Cleeden on, too. Hello, Wayne. Oh, Alan. Hello, sir.
5: Um, it's funny, It struck me already, this, right? The last caller said about Whitburn Hall. Yes. Well, this is what I'm calling about. The pink lady. Um, I used to go to school with Ben Comp and what have you. Um, twenty-two years old, and I am prepared, right, to go there and find out tonight. I mean, I've been, I've been trying for ages to get in touch with you. I've, I've been trying since about half eleven. Right. Like happened, but I'm not going to go there on my own. <laughs> <That's the thing>. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like I've tried phoning my friends and what have you, and none of them want to come. But. I, I would really like to go over there and find out if this is true.
1: So why are you so keen, though? I mean, most people would want to run the other way rather than go in search yeah, of something I, spooky. I think it would
5: be interesting, really, and... I don't know, it's just, just one of those things, isn't it?
1: A right, cue for a song there. I'll I'll not take you up on it. Well, I mean, would you go there wearing a pair of pampers, than just to be on the safe side?
5: Well, I think I might. <laughs> <laughs> and Victorian shoes as well, because <laughs> I'd be pretty fast if I seen anything.
1: So, what about Halloween? Are you for it or against it? Yeah, I'm. I'm for it actually. I think it is a laugh in a way. But this this
5: this thing about the Pink Lady, and there's also another one about a black butler or something like that, along the lines of the ages. I mean. Coming up through the school is, that's what you hear, the pink lady of Whitburn Hall. And mm. I mean, this is spooked. I mean, it's not just me either. I mean, it must be a lot of people that this sort of story is spooked. And I, I am prepared to go there and find out. But not on the own. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, I wouldn't do that. But I think—I think it, I think it is true. It might well be true.
1: No, I think it is. Right. Well, it's, if anybody that has heard you do that wants to get in touch about it, we can sort that out yeah. off air. But thank you very much for giving us a bell anyway. We're always interested in finding out people's views on these things. But if you've got a true ghost story, something has happened to you, we'd love them as well. Ring the night owls right now. Our next caller on line nine is Rabbi Wolf. Hello, Rabbi. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So now it's quite. I'm glad that you've called in because, again, we often get night owls ringing in with the mainstream Christian view of ghosts and all things that go a bump in the night. What about the Jewish faith? How do you react to that? Um, well, um, uh,
5: the Jewish view basically is the, the, the rabbis, that is, the, the the sages of old, didn't like them. Um, and yet, and yet, uh, they weren't totally able to stop people consulting them. There is, in fact, a, a, a very significant, a, a lovely story in the Bible itself, uh, near the end of the first book of Samuel, where King where where um, King Saul um, uh, Saul is is, is is up against the Philistines who are coming to to wage war against him, and he goes and consults God. Um, as to what, what he ought to do and what's going to happen. And he gets no answer. And he goes and asks the prophets, and they give him no answer either. So in desperation, he is asked to be taken to the witch of Endor, E-N-D-O-R. Um, and uh, the witch is very upset. She sees him coming in more ways than one, uh, because in fact he banned all witches uh, and, 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 and uh, on, on pain of, of, of great punishment. But in desperation he went and consulted her she conjured up the ghost of uh, samuel for him uh, and samuel says why are you disturbing me why are you bring me up and uh, Saul very frankly says uh, because i am very distressed and i am very worried as to what i ought to do with what's going to happen to me and um, he says, and I quote you from the Bible now God has departed from me and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Mm. Therefore I've called you. Right. Um, and then Samuel says very wisely, Well, uh, the Lord has already given you his answer. Mm. You know, by, by, mm. by, by not coming up with an answer, that's an answer in itself. Yeah. Um, and then he spells it out and says, You know, you, the Philistines going to win and you're going to be in trouble. Mm. And that's basically um, has been the, uh, the the Jewish attitude throughout. The authorities, the, 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 the rabbis, um, tell people to keep away from them. Mm. Uh, to keep away from astrology, to keep away from anything like that. And yet and yet, they've never been able totally to stamp it out. And, but what we haven't got is a, a, a formal way of dealing with ghosts or with for exorcising them. Mm. In my previous post, uh, one evening, a man came in uh, rather disheveled but in obvious distress uh, and asked whether I'd come along with him to exorcise ghosts from his lodgings or his flat. He said for several nights now he hadn't been able to sleep and they even pulled the blankets off his mm. bed and... Um, And for a moment I thought good heavens what do I do now of course there's no uh, no prayer book I could turn to there there is no formal way in which I could cope with this. so first thing to do I thought was sit him down and let him talk Mm. find out something about his background Mm. and in so doing it soon became clear um, that um, he was what, in his 40s or perhaps just turned 50, he'd lost, his parents had been dead for 20 or more years, but somehow deep inside him, there was a deep sense of guilt about his parents, didn't quite know why, but he somehow felt he'd let them down, Mm. and so I said, look, it's time for the evening service, come into the service, and we will say some prayers, some memorial prayers for your parents, and I made him say some, and I sent some myself, um, and he went away, a much quieter man, um, and he, he never came back. Right, so... So, so I assume that, you know, you I, 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 I dealt with what is, was essentially a, a, a deep psychological
1: problem. Yeah, but the, the, the Jewish friends that I have tell me that, that you actually do believe in an afterlife. Oh, indeed, very does, much so. Does that not involve ghosts? I mean, is that well, not where the spirits go? Uh, there it is. We
5: do believe in an afterlife, but there, there, there is no doctrine that precisely spells out um, what happens and what form it takes. We, we do believe, you know, that the soul does live. Yes, um, but um, as for coming back and, and, and haunting people, um, uh, they're, 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 that we're not told.
1: Right. An interesting point. Do you believe, uh, if the, let's say the Jewish faith is the true one? and all the Christians immediately have gone up in arms, but if the Christian... Yeah. If I wouldn't like to be quite so show <laughs> <You laughs> No, know, but I'm what, think, I, what I'm <laughs> suggesting I is... I
5: think, you know, we, we, we've each got our faith. Let's yeah. stick with that, and for goodness sake, let's talk about it. Yeah, but let's but don't, let's don't, just don't, say... Don't, don't that sort of say that that, that one is, is better... Or no, is, I, I don't want to... Because in the end, that leads to an enormous
1: amount of strife. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into that. What I'm thinking is, yeah. though, let, let us say that one or the other... Is the path, and I mean, there's Hindu, Muslim, whole host of others. Yes, yes. But do you believe that the afterlife is the same for all, or, or what? Or do, do you have to be a particular faith to to get no, in there? I
5: mean, my I, 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 my my own personal belief is it's very strong on that. Yes, of course it is the same for all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because God God is the God of each and every one of us, um, and He's not going to have favourites.
1: So e- even if you're an atheist, you'll still get to that plane? Sorry, even if... If you're an atheist, if you don't believe in anything? Um, yes, I, I would have thought so. What, what, what the
5: doctrine doesn't quite spell out... Yes, I mean, you, you can't escape that fate. I mean, if, if, if you believe in an afterlife, and if you believe in an all-powerful God, then, then, then um, as I do, um, then whatever somebody else may or may not um, believe, whether he believes in God or not, um, sooner or later he's going to have to face up to him and meet him, whether either right. in this life or the next one.
1: Right, so Rabbi, in a word, are you for or against the celebration of Halloween. How does that fit in with the with Jewish faith?
5: <coughs> a very personal one, not yes, a religious answer. Okay. Uh, provided the party is good enough, I'm willing to go.
1: <laughs> well, Rabbi Wolf, thank you very much for joining us. Glad to get that particular angle. It's an interesting one. Our next caller is an anonymous lady from Gosforth who's on line four. Hello, Anonymous.
3: Oh, hello there, Alan. Hello, darling. Uh, I suppose you, oh, a while ago, I don't know if you'll remember me. Remember, I was on about ravens.
1: Oh, yes, well, you don't talk about them often. Sorry, I
3: hung up. That's all right. I do apologize. Well, uh, what I wanted to say was um, my mother passed away. And uh, that night, um, the thing is, uh, various families, we were all up awake, and this was about 3 o'clock in the morning, um, and we heard this knocking it started and it sounded like it was coming from underneath the bed. Very persistent and it grew quite strong and then it sort of gradually ebbed away. While this was happening, I sort of thought, well, somebody's trying to attract our attention. The various members, the relatives were all over the house. Uh, so I was nearly halfway down the stairs and it just stopped. The next day I spoke to my uncle, who happened to be sort of, he was skipping down in the living room Um, and I said, oh, by the way, did you hear that knocking? And he said, yes, you did. He, in fact, thought we were trying to attract his attention. Um, The other thing was um, that same night, uh, the light went on, at least my sister, you know, she sort of saw the light come on underneath the door, and she thought someone was going to come in for a glass of water because she was sitting, well, they were sleeping in the breakfast room. But, um, obviously, you know, Nobody came, and and my uncle apparently had to switch off the light, which he'd been put on to start off with. Um, the last thing I want to say is um, the day of the funeral, I sort of was still with my aunts, and I happened, it was about 8 o'clock in the evening, and I sort of walked up to um, the bathroom, and I was sort of washing my hands, and I happened to glance at the room my mother occupied when she came down. And I was just sort of, um, well, I was just sort of, you know, I stood stuck still. And um, I'm afraid I did get a bit alarmed because the next thing I knew, I was sort of yelling my mother's name. And my relatives downstairs, they heard me and they sort of ran up the stairs. But by that time, the door they, you know, sort of stopped and I sort of told them this and of course went into the room and there was no, no windows open, nothing at all. Um, you know, somebody said in the house, oh, don't worry, you've sort of got your mother's spirit. But I, I, I just can't explain it. And it did happen now, and it was about five years ago. Um, that's all I you know have to yeah. say.
1: Right, it's just strange, though. Are you, are you in favour of Halloween, then?
3: Um... Just, uh, well, you know, like if, if it's a kid's celebration, nothing sinister. I don't believe in sort of dabbling with anything untowards.
1: Ah, so you think something like that could happen? It could sort of, possessions and stuff could take place? Well,
3: I don't. I've never experienced something like that. Mm. And I must say, I was sort of nervous afterwards. I was, you know, I thought maybe. I didn't see anything, but I thought, oh, well, if it was my mother, I'm not saying it was, my goodness, mm. but maybe I thought, oh, dear, I'm frightened, no mm. way. But the time, oh, so. I was just, just staring at the door, and it really bolted up. It wasn't, you know, if it was a breeze, it would probably have blown open. But yeah. it, stopped, it was like as if someone was behind it and was sort of going back and forth with the door. It really sort of brought up, and it's like seeing something like that, and you think, what's happening,
1: you know, and I think I just yelled out. <laughs> but you did. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, thank you very much for chipping in and on. I'm glad for that. We actually have another lady caller who is ringing from Stockton on line four. Um, hello. Uh, hello. Alan. Yes. Um,
2: l- listen, I've got something to
1: tell you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go on. Right. Oh, (laughs) Dick. We're getting strange noises
0: now, and we've lost her. So anyway, we shall try and get that lady back. You with the Blade, Alan Robson. Get to those telephones, but not necessarily tonight. Anyway, let's have our last thrilling installment of that absolute uh, bombardment, if that's a word, of calls about the dark, the weird, and the downright peculiar. Alan
1: Robson on The Night Owls. Now we've got the Reverend Robert Ward who wants to tell us what his views are on Halloween. Hello, Robert. Hi. Hello, sir. Now, I believe you're very much against Halloween. Why is that?
4: Well, I think it trivialises evil and... uh Anything which does that is a dangerous thing to do because there's a very real spiritual battle that's being fought between good and evil, the two kingdoms, Jesus is the king of kings and Satan is the king of darkness and anything which uh, attracts young children, indeed anybody, into the dark kingdom is to uh, is to be d- discouraged at all costs.
1: Now, the Bishop of Durham earlier obviously said, it's as long as you have a good laugh and you don't take things too seriously, there's no big problem. W- why are you so convinced that people can actually be possessed through opening the door in such a manner. Well,
4: I, as, a, as, a, as a minister, as an evangelist, as someone who preaches the gospel of Jesus, I have seen countless occasions, situations when particularly young people who've been involved with Ouija boards and Dungeons and Dragons and things which would be described as a cult have, you know, have been affected very seriously psychologically and sometimes physically. And um, so I've seen actual examples of people who've been possessed and very seriously troubled by supernatural
1: Power of evil. Right. What about possession? Uh, your experience, a lot of people think, ah, oh, it's just somebody who's, whose brain isn't quite functioning. I mean, do you genuinely believe that people have demons inside them? I think
4: that it's uh, very possible indeed that if you open your heart or your inner being, so to speak, um, to evil, then evil spirits <coughs> are looking for an opportunity to get in, and that's exactly what happens. Have you have you experienced that? Yeah, yeah, you mean in my ministry?
1: Well, either yourself yes, or well, the
4: yourself. Yes, I have. I mean, I, I first came into this and understanding of this when I was going through a period of uh, acute uncertainty in my own life. I did a foolish thing and consulted a fortune teller. And um, as a result of that, I, I became depressed to the point of considering suicide. Um, it wasn't until I became a Christian and gave my life over to the Lord Jesus that uh, I realized what I, the foolishness of what I'd done. And I needed at that time what's popularly called exorcism or deliverance.
1: So you believed your depression was a
4: demon? Um, it certainly was a major, major cause. And I was prayed for in the name of Jesus. Somebody prayed and, and um, it was an exorcism and I was completely set free. So I have personal experience in my own, my own personal experience. And then in my ministry, as I say, I've prayed with a good number of people who have certainly suffered from that themselves. And I've seen after praying for them um, complete transformation. And where it's been depression, a healing. I prayed for somebody who uh, had anorexia. And uh, demons were cast out in in that situation, and she was healed miraculously and instantaneously.
1: How how do you answer the Bishop of Durham's point from earlier when he says that people who react to Halloween in the way that you obviously Mm. feel sincerely about, I'm Mm. sure, that attracts more people to it because you've kicked up a big fuss. You made a hoo-ha. I think it's
4: important to, to warn about danger when, where you see it. And I, I, I get upset, and the many Christians, of course, get upset when they see young children um, being encouraged to, 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 to learn about these things as though they were okay when they're not okay. It's like uh, encouraging children to, to smoke cigarettes or to do anything, which you know, we as adults know is going to lead them into addiction or harm. Obviously, the Christian minister knows that there's something utterly real about the supernatural power of evil, which, of course, in the end, only Jesus can conquer.
1: Right, so it this flies in the face, again, of a lot of what we've heard from, again, the rabbi, the bishop, and even Billy Fane, who rang in saying, well, his kids have been out with... They've got they've had a pumpkin lantern, mm. they've filled their bag full of sweets, and they feel very pleased with themselves. But I don't think they're demonic or possessed, Billy's bear. I know they're not... they're well, naughty kids, I, I, but...
4: I didn't say that, 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 that they were, but I'm saying mm. that a, a fascination with evil is an open door. You were talking about you know, considering yeah. openings and so on, and, yeah, and yeah. there's a very what you're doing is you're inviting evil spirits uh, to, to enter if you if you give them an opening and that's what Christians are concerned about
1: Right, now, on saying that though you you say that it's the opening and we've got to face it as best we can by, but again, it's by speaking out and saying, it, it's, I suppose it's, it's the same as when you talk about drugs, why do people use drugs? Because they're banned If you ban Halloween, are you not likely to create an even bigger cult or subculture that tries very hard to get involved with it, purely think, because it's banned.
4: Yes, I don't think you can ban Halloween. All you can do is, uh, is, is warn a- against its dangers. I don't mm. think... I mean, I think the devil's going to find... Uh, he'll find his ways in. Uh, where, wherever there's uh, weakness or wherever there's curiosity, um, wherever there's deliberate carelessness, he'll find his way in. You can't ban it. You can't uh, legislate against witchcraft.
1: Yeah, but what about what about those people that would maybe point the finger at you and say, you are terrifying people to try and get them to turn to God. I mean, is that the right way around it?
4: Well, I hope that's not what Christian evangelists are doing, the church is doing. I hope it's by preaching the love of Jesus, which casts out fear. See, the great danger of the occult is that it fills people with fear. That the amount mm. of people that are addicted to tranquilizers and antidepressants because of fear and anxiety, that the, Jesus is the antidote to fear. I mean, the Bible says, he says that a perfect love casts out fear. Yeah,
1: but if, if that's the case, yeah. how come that... I'm not directing this to you but evangelists in general why why is it that we hear so often turn to God or else it's that's that's what it comes across as to a lot of people isn't it?
4: Well it's true Jesus said no man comes to the Father except by me and, and uh, you know it would be much easier for, for the church if he hadn't said those things, and of course a lot of church people say that he never said them anyway, they were misrepresented and misreported in the Bible mm. but I, I think it is fairly clear from a fairly literal and simple reading of the New Testament that Jesus understood clearly there were two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, and that the crucial need that each one of us has to be transferred from the kingdom of darkness or to a kingdom into the kingdom of light, and the need to be saved, and that's why the evangelist and the church preaches the need to be born again and that that's what Jesus taught and that's what we should that's what Christians do. Is that
1: not a sort of holy blackmail?
4: Well I suppose you could you could call it that but I, I think that for someone who I mean who, who, who for whom it's a real experience all you can do is say well it's happened to me and you can mm. preach it and, and encourage people to consider it and in the end make their own decision. Yeah, but the different- I, I, I wasn't blackmailed into it I, I went to a period, through a period of depression and uh, saw. The light, in, in a measure, and asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins, I received forgiveness, and the depression went, and there was a joy and a peace which I never had before. Yeah. And I just believe that I've been called to share that truth uh, with whoever wants to listen. Right. I really do.
1: Well, Robert, I've been happy to listen. Thank you very much for joining us. You, Alan. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. I had a good one and he still blessed me. Now, that, is that not a Christian? And, in fact, the pubs are shut as well, so there'll be a lot of people blessed by around about now. We've got... Who we got? Oh, we've got that lady back. The lady's been cut... Apparently she's told Brenda on our switchboard it's uh, it's some sort of, well, th- things have been happening in the house that she doesn't quite understand. Hello? Uh, Alan, hello. Yeah,
11: hello. yeah
2: Well, so I ran up to tell you, Alan. Yeah? Uh, well, what I wanted to tell you was, like, we've got...
1: Oh, she has she's gone again. Whoa. Steady, boy. We've got Colin from Felling, I hope, if he's there, on line nine. Hello, Colin. Hello, Alan. Hello, Sam.
5: Um, I usually like uh, nine hours a lot, but tonight you've really put the wind up me tonight. Uh, <laughs> because uh, I had an experience three year ago, and I'm still having the experience of it now. Yeah, what was that? In a small way. That was um, three years ago. I went on holiday with some uh, relatives, and I had a bit of an argument. And um, I said, well, an argument is an argument, and that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. But somehow it it came back home with me and uh, continued. And one night I went to bed after being out. And I thought my friend had wandered into my room. Uh, You're talking about swat. 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And um, I thought, that's funny, he doesn't normally do that. So I, got, I managed to get up and I noticed that he was sleeping in the uh, sitting room. So I went back to bed and I suddenly realised I couldn't get up anymore. What was that? I was absolutely uh, frozen, stiff with fear. So the next morning I told my friend, I said, were you up? So he says, no. I said well I'll tell you something I said I've had a visitation and he wouldn't believe us Mm. which obviously you wouldn't yeah I
1: would imagine you wouldn't
5: so over that uh, weekend on the Saturday in broad daylight he was in the kitchen making a cake when the the kitchen door slammed shut behind him on its own (laughs) that night the lights were switched on when we were out we had to have the lights off when we left the house and they were on when we came back. Oh, yeah. So, the tension grew and grew and grew to the extent where I couldn't sleep for a fortnight. I had to sleep during the day.
1: So, does it still affect you now? You mentioned that you're still having problems. Oh, yes. Um,
5: Not so much now, but occasionally, when uh, me and family tend to, you know, help the best way they can, um, with me being disabled, occasionally the tension builds up a little mm-hmm. bit, and uh, then I start jumping.
1: Right. So you, you need a bit of a safety valve, somewhere where you can go and calm, calm yourself down and sort yourself out. But do you, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, nobody's been hurt by a spirit or a ghost or anything of that sort, you know, well, directly, think, anyway.
5: Uh, basically, they, they tend to do funny things around the house, like slam doors, switch lights on, basically to let you know they're there.
1: So you think the northeast ghost is is of the poltergeist sort, the troublesome pest? Well, the
5: trouble is, in my case, apparently it's an ancestor. It's me great-great-grandfather,
1: who I never knew. Does that not make you feel better, though? Because family, I mean, there's less likelihood of your family hurting you or injuring you.
5: Well, well, it it doesn't, uh, to be honest with you, uh, it doesn't... Help me at all because the simple reason I never knew him, and at the same time, if I get annoyed or frustrated, he gets annoyed and frustrated. Right. And in the end, I end up
1: paying for it. Right. Well, let's hope you don't. And thank you very much for being part of the the Night Owl crowd tonight. We want to hear more calls from people that have genuinely, or they genuinely believe they've experienced something. Exorcism. Anybody been exorcised? We heard earlier. That uh, our friend Robert Hand, well, have you? Tyneside 488 A gentleman's called us, uh, he's a teacher, I'm told, at the Royal Grammar School, and I think he may well be, may already have left. However, he was a teacher at the Royal Grammar School, and he's connected to the Scripture Union. Wonder what they have to say on such a subject. The gentleman's name is John Stevenson. Hello, John. Hello. Hello. Now, what is your view of Halloween then? I'm sort of very concerned especially about
14: the emphasis that's given to Halloween in, in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most schools that spend a lot of time on Halloween are at the younger end of school, the primary, the infant, and junior school, and where children there are very impressionable, very vulnerable. And I think it's very important that we give a, a very clear picture to those children of right and wrong. And by in a sense, glorifying, making fun of Halloween, we blur the, the difference and the distinction between good and evil in the lives of those children. I think there's also a danger that we might even communicate to them the idea that evil is fun. I mean, we would complain, there'd be public outcry if we portrayed, um, to say, Nazi ideas or wrong ideas as things for admiration to, to young children. But nevertheless, we do that as far as witches are concerned, as far as um, witchcraft is concerned. We sort of make fun of it, pretend it's great fun. And children of that age are very, very impressionable.
1: Well, they are, but um, if you if you look at figures of evil, I suppose Dracula is a figure of evil, and you know, Frankenstein's monster, and all and all these characters. Witches, certainly. They're evil things, in the o- whatever story you read, they always get their comeuppance at the end. I mean, is, is that not a strong enough moral to overcome anything? Well, I think any that might
14: things. have been true when you and I were children actually, but if you read many children's books these days in fact, the witch is not pr- portrayed in that sort of way, it's portrayed in a way that makes the witch a sort of lovable, nice character and less and less the idea of good and evil competing and good winning out, which of course is the traditional view of Halloween or mm. mm. Hallow's days about yeah. good winning out, that's less and less portrayed in children's books and so we get this glorification I think of the ideas of evil the idea of evil in fact in the in the upcoming and winning and uh, you know I think we've got to be careful about those ideas that we communicate to children I mean that, I think think back myself to um, perhaps some very fantastic things that I used to watch on television I used to watch Batman yeah. but notice that they used to always give a warning at the end I used to laugh at it you know remember children Batman can't fly, can't really fly mm. and and I think we need to be aware that if we're not careful, what we actually portray to children is to give the idea that, well, this is just a bit of fun, it's good, it's good fun, it's, it's not evil, and we forget to give the warnings alongside that, and that gives a, a wrong picture of the dangers as an increasing... Interest in, as Robert was saying, in the
1: occult. Yeah, but I suppose the the idea, though, of a school, and we know this has happened. A lot of schools have said, right, we're having nothing to do with it. We're not getting in. You know, a lot of a lot of schools say, make a witch's hat and <laughs> paint a picture with a witch on, and all the rest for Halloween. Yeah. A lot of schools have said no to that. Now, is that not um, turning the kids to seek it elsewhere? Would it not be better done in school where the teachers have control of it? I
14: think. I think that. My concern is that they give too much emphasis to Halloween in those situations you see there 's many more useful things I think can be done curriculum wise even within that context of the of the curriculum that time of the year there 's many things that could be done, for example. Um, If you were doing Halloween in the previous fortnight, okay, quite quite often it may take a a, a week in these sort of school situations. That was also the week leading up to One World Week where we're concerned about the the rest of the world and the resources in the world. And that would have been a much better emphasis, I feel, to do that than to talk about something like Halloween um, and give the wrong emphasis. And as well, you said that some schools are obviously not doing that mm. they're not doing halloween but there are many schools still where that's an emphasis certainly the school my children go to that's something that's come up and i have friends at school in the city where they had a, a story about a demon and they had to their their afternoon work we had to go and draw a, a picture of a demon certainly a number of the children were quite disturbed by that and that emphasis is is dangerous i think we should be looking for more uh, positive creative influences to yeah. get across for
1: the but ben, children. i mean you'll know yourself baines are fascinated in in being even frightened themselves. And if you look at the, the Grimm's fairy stories and, and all the rest, and tales of dragons and tales of monsters, I mean, is that not what all Baines grew up with? They grew up l- liking to be frightened, and Daddy's bedtime stories often picture that. I mean, the, I we, I even Disney films, it. look at Disney films, they're full of weird monsters and critters and witches, aren't they?
14: The, but the, the balance of that is that always in that you have the, the compensating side of good against evil. And, and often at the moment in schools, when is given a Halloween, we're portraying the evil side to the detriment of the side of good and and we're actually giving evil an ascendancy and a place in the school curriculum that is far beyond the proportion mm. that we ought to be giving and that'll be my main concern that right. it's not that we want to say to kids well you know we don't want you to, to to read about witches or we don't want you to talk about fairies or anything like that obviously there's dangers in that but what we want is a balanced approach and also something that emphasizes the good side the fact that good is there that, that there is a power of good and evil as rob was saying these things are real Mm. And we want to emphasize that there's also a power of good and that power that wins out. All Hallows Day is all actually about the fact that, that good triumphs over evil. And when we come to Christmas, mm. that's actually all about the fact that, in the end, that that good's going to win the battle over, over evil and that good's going to win out over the devil.
1: Right. Well, thank you for you. You're obviously against any sort of celebration or hoo-ha being made over Halloween. It that's should be right. played down. You feel?
14: Yes, I do. I think it's too far too important, and it seems to be on the increase in society. Mm. And it's something we should be will be against and, and playing down. And certainly, you know, I think there are there are other people I've talked to across the times who are concerned mm. for their children yeah. who don't get a choice
1: yes. in this matter. Yes. What well, they have to study. Various pressures. They they say they with a the lantern, so they want one and off yes, they go.
0: Right. right. Okay. Thank you very much, John. I've been doing this since the dawn of time. Who's going to be short of calls? Anyway, here's another belt for you
1: you with your flashing blades on the Night Owls Programme. Now what we're going to do is we want you to sort of concentrate right now. We want you to concentrate very long and hard. Pick a point of light, again if you want to grasp the hands of members of your family you can do that too because we are tall and I know we're having a bit of a light-hearted look as well, we're mixing this serious and the light-hearted but we have been reliably informed that if you gather together and you hold Hands with anybody that you happen to be with, don't talk, don't speak, but focus on a point of light. Nothing too bright that'll damage your ivy baubles. We don't want that to happen. But focus on it, concentrate, and you again think of an opening. And I know that people have pointed the finger and said, naughty poos, but all the rest. But if you concentrate, concentrate very hard. Do it now. Concentrate. Concentrate. Keep trying. We might, something might just catch. No, I didn't catch that time. Let's try again. No, come on. Hard. Try harder. Try much harder. Come on, try. Come on, Nelly. You're nearly there. Come on. Come on, you're trying. Try harder. No, we'll have to... Nelly! Oh, dear, dear, dear. Right, now, what we want... (laughs) We've we've had a couple of daft goes, I know, but what we will be doing in the next hour, we're going to do it seriously. Next time round is the serious one. We had to... Because really, for those people that think Halloween's a laugh, we got to enter into it that way too, so we'll have a go. But we'll try, seriously, in the next hour. And we are promised that if we actually do take it seriously, something somewhere will happen. Somebody rang in saying, it'll be just like Ghostbusters, there'll be ghosts fleeing about all over the northeast. Well, yeah, blame us if it happens. We've got Michael from Concert Next on Line 1. Hello, Michael. Hello, Alan. Hello, sir. What? Well, your what's your tale? I think you've got a ghosty one. Yeah,
15: I've got a ghost story for you. Well, yeah, uh, this uh, happened about 16 years ago. Yeah. I'm 21 now. Uh, I live, I used to live with me mum and dad down at the place called High Westwood. Don't know if you know the place. It's outside concert. And um, we were walking up one night by about 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. By uh, fire engines and all that. Mm-hmm. And the house next door to us was empty it was on fire. But, um, the fibre grade, got the, got the fire out. And, um, so we thought nothing more of it. Went back home, went back to sleep. But, uh, next night, things happened. Like I said, I was about four or five years old, and, um, I got an experience that night. I was in the bedroom by myself, asleep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, like, like sleep to face the wall, remember? And suddenly I got a tap on the head, like a human hand on the head, tap on the head. And there, uh, I, w- I woke up, looked around, and I got such a fright. It was an um, old woman standing next to us. She had, like, grey hair and, like, a black dress on. So I um, it was, like, telling us to come, come with it. And I was just like, didn't understand. So it was saying, come, come, like pointing at the door. The door was shut. Yeah. I was pointing the door and then I just panicked and um, I screamed and I screamed. Yeah, I bet. I was frightened and um, No shame in that. It like vanished, disappeared, to near, gone. So I went in, in my mum's room screaming, I've seen a ghost, I've seen a ghost. So Mum says, Okay, okay, settle down. Come with us. And um went back to sleep the next day. I told me dad. Yeah. They believed us like. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't until a bit older my mum told us who it was. It was my dad's mother.
1: Came to visit us. So, <laughs> so, so did that make you feel any better knowing it was family? Why? Not really, no. Um, <laughs> you sound as if you turned white and all your hair stood on end. I did. <laughs> so, what, what do you believe then? Do you think it's somebody that is is neither dead nor alive? You know, somewhere in between the two. Or, what do you think a ghost is? Well, yeah, I, I believe in them. So, because you believe in ghosts, does that mean that you're against celebrating Halloween or, or, or for it? I mean, no. I would presume you're against. No, not really. So, you think we can still celebrate it without getting into ghostly hands? Uh-huh. Right, Ookie joke, thanks for that. Whoa, bit of a chiller. Well, have you had a similar tale? Give us a ring if you have. We've got our ladies back, and I'm just about to be told what line our ladies are on. They're on line 10. They're in the Lord Crew Arms. It's Trudy Reed and Paula Brown. A couple of night owls tucked away in Blanchland. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. So you had the light out? Yeah,
12: we've been sitting with the light out all
1: the time. Any creaks? Any noises?
12: No, not really.
1: Not a thing? No. Nah. Heavens. <gasps> not scared anymore. Oh, you, oh, I see. You come round. You're getting your bottle back now. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm sorry to tell you is, you know we had two ladies at a haunted castle.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: We've never been able to contact them. We know they're there, but we don't know what they're doing because for some reason, mm-hmm. we can't get through to them. We've checked it all out. There's nothing wrong with the gear, but uh, something wrong down there so I think you maybe missed, you're <laughs> you very lucky you've missed the ghost maybe you've got another hour in the dark to sit and you never know there is time yet because she never leaves that building way at all so good luck but thank you very much for being so brave our next caller is Mr. Qureshi now Mr. Qureshi is the leader of the Muslim community in Newcastle and well We've had the Jewish view, we've had the Christian view, both sides of the Christian view. Let's see how the Muslim faith believe or disbelieve in all things ghostly. Hello, um, Mr Qureshi is on line 8, I believe. No, he's on line 9. Hello Mr Qureshi. Hello. Hello sir. So, what is the Muslim view on ghosts? Do you believe in such things?
16: Uh, well, the Muslims believe in the existence of uh, good and evil spirits. Mm-hmm. But uh, the exact uh, sort of northeast ghost that is being talked about is non-existent in the Muslim theology. I see. And I think since the Muslim point of view believes that uh, human beings are superior to spirits, uh, that way even if the ghosts exist, we are capable of... Uh, uh, conquering them rather than being subjugated by them so for that reason I think as a Muslim I feel that it is uh, uh, not very threatening the existence or non-existence of the ghosts uh, but since there is a complete system we believe that the souls pre-exist our birth here and they exist even after the death of a person here so we believe in a hereafter the life here uh, but I think uh, ghosts, as are uh, visualized in the context of Halloween, are uh, not really dangerous because they are not so much an evil uh, as they are fun or festivity for the children.
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, young Muslim children must take part, as the rest of society does, in, in the hats and the ghosts and the skeletons and stuff.
16: Uh I have no objection. If the Muslim children go and take part in these things, they would be taking them lightheartedly and mm. as a sort of festivity uh, rather than as a serious thing, which they are, they would not accept it as a part of their faith, mm. but as a part of the, say, like a drama class or uh, yeah. the athletics or things where like swimming. or It's an exercise in imaginative creative thinking Mm -hmm. how things can happen but this is more a dream-like thing a sort of uh, game and happiness enjoyment cheerful sort of uh, Mm. thing and if i would speak personally as some of your callers have been talking about their experiences in 1958 in pakistan personally i when we were discussing witches and ghosts in shakespeare with a class i asked the students whether they had seen a ghost i haven't seen myself but one of my students said that he had seen one
7: Mm.
16: i asked him what did it uh, feel like or look like he said well it looked like a cat it was uh, sitting on the branch of a tree, I touched it, and it was uh, fluffy and hairy, and I said, how did you know that it was a ghost, not a real cat? (laughs) And he said, well... uh, When I was passing under the tree, it shouted my name, (laughs) Punal Shah, Punal Shah, (laughs) and I looked back, and he said, I am a ghost, and I've been uh, waiting for you to pass by, I'm your friend, I'll help you all through your life, if you do not disclose to other people about my existence, Mm. and he said, all these years, uh, whenever I have been in trouble, this has been helping. I, I don't know whether the whole class of students they got interested in it, mm. and for the whole year along, we used to keep on asking him, Punal Shah, how is your ghost these days? <laughs> <laughs> so it, I think, well, uh, things do happen. And here, uh, in 1985, when I was in Freeman Hospital, uh, and I was being operated uh, upon. Uh, for a bypass. In the same ward, there was a friend, Arthur. He had also undergone some sort of surgery in Freeman Hospital. And the next day, the day before my operation, he said to me, I am a good medium for spirits. Mm. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, Qureshi, I can see the face of a slim, athletic, tall man, And that spirit is haunting uh, your bed, and it has moustache. And the description that he gave to me was the description of my father's face, who died in 1975. Mm -hmm. Although I do not believe in spirits coming like that, but yet I felt like half believing him. (laughs) And uh, such things do happen
1: it's It's just strange though that you say they're not a threat, and provided we treat them in a light-hearted manner, how can you treat it in a light-hearted manner when he's just described your father?
16: Well, because. Psychologically, I can rationalize that because my father's affection and all the things that he did for me in his life and he sent me to England to study here and then later on allowed me to teach here because my father's influence upon me has been so strong. So when he gave the description, uh, the description tallied came very close to my father's physical features. So I felt perhaps it is my father's spirit, but I would not believe that exactly it is, uh, because as a Muslim, I have been, I have a lifestyle of my own in which I do think that we pray for the uh, salvation and for the uh, good of the spirits that have already died, and the spirits in their own way are also wishing us well, Mm. but intercommunication between this world and the world of spirits is not so frequent, Uh, and uh, uh, there is no certainty but there's no harm mm. in allowing your imagination to run right a bit and uh, <laughs> so if we make things uh, so tight as mathematical exactitude it would mm. be very difficult but being a man whose life is spent in uh, studying and teaching literature of my own language and english literature so i think a little bit of uh a fancy flight and release from your uh, very strict routine is always allowing a breath of fresh air into your personality. So I personally think that if Muslim children alongside Christian children go for fun, It's all right, but they should not think that this is something that actually the evil spirits are around and the ghosts are there around the corner. Even today, my son, who is 14 years old and goes to a school, he came and said, dad there is a boy outside and he's wearing a mask and he has surprised sprang a surprise he rang the bell i opened the door he stood on the side of the door and he said to me trick or treat and all of he said give me a few pence." i gave him some and he they went out so children i don't think the children today are that credulous and mm. that uh, uh, vulnerable to the influence of these things, they are, I think, pretty alert mm. and they know that all this thing is happening because they want to enjoy themselves.
1: Right, so you're obviously in favour of Halloween as a, a, a daft carry-on to continue. Mr Qureshi, I've got to actually move on, but thank you very much for taking the opportunity to talk to us. Cheers. Thank, thank you, you sir. very much, Alan. It's right. a pleasure, sir. So there, we have got the Muslim view. We were very, very keen to get it. I'm glad that we
0: did. Thank you very much for ringing in. So. Well, it's just a laugh. Alan Robson on the night, and uh, Can I just say that this has been... uh, First of all, I've just been sitting back having an absolute ball with you tonight. Thank you very much, and I loved your responses. Thanks for all of them. Really appreciate them. The idea tonight, though, is to concentrate flat on the calls. And the calls have been amazing and incredible. We're looking, we're time travelling. We're looking back in time. Tornadoes, 88. I'd only been doing it properly <laughs> for about six six years at this point. And prior to that I'd done the Night Owls on a Friday, the crazy night, and prior to that I'd done Bridges and the Hot and Heavy Express and a few middle of the day programmes that were fairly embarrassing. So uh, six years in the Night Owls proper and you are hammering the, the telephone like you still do with stuff like this.
1: We've got Fran from Cramlington next on, two. Hello, Fran. Hello. Hello. Oh.
17: Yeah. <laughs> yeah Some of the sort of religious people coming on, mm-hmm. you know, in particular that, um, Reverend Robert Ward, was it? Yes. I think it was that. Well, you know, um, if, if these people, you know, if they profess to sort of believe in God so much and, um, they believe that, you know, even children going out Halloweening is dangerous... Um, you know that they're exposed to evil. Then, if they believe in God so much, do they think that God? Do they think the devil is more powerful than God? Do they think that God is going to stand by mm. and allow that to happen? I don't know if you understand what I'm
1: saying, but it I seems do exactly. To, yes, it seems to suggest that they've got more faith
17: in the devil then,
1: than they have God. Well, we shall leave it for them to answer themselves Uh if they feel strongly enough. Any night owls that that feels this has agreed with our earlier callers that we had the majority saying no to Halloween at the present moment. That's how it stands. We'll get an update soon. Uh So, again, what about pick your most lucid ghostly thingy and tell us about it then?
17: Well, I've had quite a few. Um, But I suppose the night owls would probably be interested in the one that I actually saw twice, you know. Yeah, what was that? Well, it was about 1979. Around about this... Well, actually, it was a bit closer to Christmas. Yeah. And um, at the time, I was separated from my first husband, and I lived in Felling. I had a little girl. She was about two at the time. And I'd never had anything like this ever happen to me before that, you know. I had an open mind about ghosts I didn't really believe, I don't suppose. Mm. But anyway, um, this particular week, it went on for a week, actually. I'd had a feeling that there was a presence, that there was something... It was a flat, and the flat was only about 10 year old, you know, so, you know, that sort of puts paid to the idea that it's only old premises. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a very strong feeling. Well, first of all, it started off where I would go into the kitchen and make a cup of coffee, and it would feel cold, and I'd get the feeling that there was something watching me. And I, I just thought it was me being daft, you see. Anyway, that went on for a couple of days, and then it started at night when I was in bed, um, I felt that something was touching me. And um, it was usually just when I was on the verge of not actually asleep, not actually awake. Yeah, the middle bit. Yes, that I would jump to, you know. And again, still sort of, just being sort of nervous. And then sort of the following night, um, I actually fell asleep. And this happened for a few nights. I had this really horrible sensation of like electric shocks has always been you know getting electric shocks and mm. a, a really strong well the only way i can describe it it's not really accurate but like a, a zzz, you know a, a buzz but really you know making your teeth yeah. shake and you know after a few nights i got really frightened because you couldn't sleep through it you know you had mm. to come round yeah so, in the end, I got that frightened that I thought, I'm going, um, you know, I can't put up with this, so I'm going to come and sleep on the sofa in the front room.
1: Mm. I um, mean, presumably, though, if a ghost can go through walls, I mean, going to the, to the settee, is that going to help a great Well, day?
17: no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me feel, you know, in fact, that's where the ghost actually appeared. I
1: <laughs> mean, oh, so what was it then that you saw? Well, um... Well,
17: it happened twice, and it, funny enough, it happened at the same time, six weeks apart, but at the same time in the early hours of a Sunday morning. Well, the first time it happened, like I said, I'd been getting this horrible, you know, this buzzing and, like, electric shock feelings. Yes. And I was lying on the sofa, and I had me back to the, to the, um, back of the sofa, you Mm -hmm. see? Yes. But I had a big lamp on not the main light, but I had a lamp on in the room. Mm. Now, at the front of the sofa, there was an electric fire, the clock on there. And uh, all I can actually remember is that this, this horrible thing started again, and I thought, "Oh no, you know." And I turned over, and I knew that I had hold of something, and I looked, and it was a person's arm and hand. But I had hold of the wrist.
1: Could have been worse, I suppose.
17: Well, the stra- you know that man that was on earlier on that said he wasn't frightened. I- it's you would think that you would be terrified in such a situation, yeah. but I was so flabbergasted. I think that uh, Well, anyway, I must explain because as I had me hand around this wrist, I could see it was like an x-ray in reverse That me sort of the outside of me fingers were bright really bright and the insides were dark, you know mm. and I thought to myself, "Am I dreaming? What's happening?" I looked at the clock because the clock was directly in front of me, mm-hmm. and it was five to one in the morning. And I thought, "No, this is—I'm re- awake," you know. Yeah. And I slowly started to take my hand away, and as I pulled it away, it—the glow. Well, it wasn't a glow like an electric glow. It didn't cast a light sort of round the room. Mm-hmm. It was just a very intense light on the, you know, on my hand. Yes. And as I pulled it away, it started to. My hand came back to normal. Anyway, I don't know why. I can't explain it. I don't know why I didn't look around. Mm. I didn't think to turn around or anything, you know? Yeah. Just took my hand away, and then I sat up and rubbed my eyes, I looked at the clock again, and it was one minute to one. So, the, obviously, the experience had taken four minutes, although it didn't seem like that. Yeah. You know? That's weird. That's, I've yes. never heard of that before. Yes, well, the strange thing, was it happened, not exactly the same, but it happened again six weeks later, but some years after that, I was reading a book written by um, I think somebody called Jenny Randall and she was asking for anybody that had had any Mm. sort of experiences you know and I wrote and told her about this and I've still got the letter she wrote back and she said um, that it was very strange she didn't know what it was about selling Mm. but there'd been a number of you know people that had had strange experiences there and I was one of them now I didn't know that at the time that I wrote to her you know but anyway the thing is say I wasn't I didn't feel exactly comfortable about it, but I wasn't frightened. And I honestly believe that if there is such a thing as evil spirit, you know, if they are evil, Mm -hmm. I think for you to be affected, you've got to want the evilness, you know?
1: Oh, so there's got to be something in you that asks for
17: it. Yes, I don't think that if you really believe in God and you trust in God, these things do exist because, like I said, I've had the proof
1: myself. Yeah, but does that mean but, that all atheists are wide open for demonic possession, then? Of course not.
17: I mean, I, that's not necessarily, you know, just believing in God doesn't, you know, what I'm trying to say is that even if you don't believe in God, it doesn't mean you're evil, does it? No, no, of course You not. know, so it's people that actually, I think, that want evilness that get it. You know, that I don't think you can be possessed. Just by Halloween, you know. I think you've got to really be steeped in it and want to get into all the sinister aspects, you know, before uh,
1: anything like that could happen. Right, well, Fran, thank you very much for giving Cramlington's story. I'm glad you rang in. And we've had a few different angles there. Fran, strange thing about time moving swiftly and you're not noticing it, like sort of time standing still, but when you look at the clock, it has actually moved on. That's different. Is that common? Is that a regular part of the northern ghost? We want to find out what a northern ghost is. What would a northern ghost, if, if we could put all of the different facets together, what would he be like? What we've tried to do, as you probably noticed, we've tried to cover everything from Christian to Muslim, Jewish, Obviously, Hindu as well. We want to make sure that everybody is covered, and we, because really, how can we understand people of other faiths and other religions unless we find out what they're all about? Harry Shukla, we're hoping to get in touch with, who's the community relations officer for and We're Harry, we're ringing you like mad, Harry. Put your phone down. <laughs> While you're engaged, we've got no chance unless we unless we can find a spirit medium from somewhere. However, let us do our best to get you. So just put your phone down, and we'll be with you in seconds. We've also got Barbara Buntalani. Now, Barbara, I am told has witchy connections. Hello, Barbara. Hello. Hello. So, what is it? What, we're having a lot of controversy tonight. We've had the Bishop of Durham and all sorts really? of people. Really,
10: I wish I'd have heard. I don't even know if I'm on the right program. Somebody rang me earlier this evening and tried to queue me up for this program, which was. I thought, yeah, radio. Right, well, ta- and I was standing by at quarter past eleven, but I got this call from America, yeah. and so the line was engaged, and I, I hope I've come through to the right program.
1: Well, actually, you haven't. Um, <laughs> you, you Presumably, you were on Time T's Now, uh, you're on here now and we right. love we love Hello. you. We'll snatch your hand off last. Don't you <laughs> worry. So <laughs> so what are, it's it's gremlins on Halloween. What do you make of all this? We've got a lot of people saying that Halloween we shouldn't celebrate I
10: know, it. know, it sounds fascinating. I wish I wish I could, you know, pick it up from where I am in Manchester, but what I've heard just over the phone now, you've obviously had a, a really Good night. Topical
1: wise, I it think. has. So, how do you feel about it? I mean, do you have you been dancing naked, ravishing each other on mountain sites? <laughs>
10: no, th- uh, I've been on a few programmes today talking about this, the, the controversy at the moment with Jeffrey Dickens and yeah. the Reverend Logan and everything. And um, uh, you know, I mean, I'm quite happy to talk about the whatever. You know, the hmm. whole spectrum of the whole thing, whatever, right. from my uncle or from my, you know, mm-hmm. whatever.
1: So. So? Witchcraft. What do you do with Halloween? Is it a special time for witches or not?
10: Well, it's... Uh but the thing is, it's a strange thing. Really, everybody dresses up once a year, everybody gets to be a witch, don't they, and wears the, um, mm. the pointed hat and so on. But really that's a bit of a Mickey take of it, really. So I don't know why Geoffrey Dickens gets in such a state, because it's only a Mickey take of it. Well, we've had a couple of, today. we've
1: had a couple of, uh, religious figures that have said it is...
10: The first step into evil and so on. Oh, we've had,
1: a, we've had a lot of that. We've had people saying, going as far as to saying, well, it is a depiction of evil, and it makes it acceptable to young children.
10: Yes, I know, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's been going on for years I mean what is it a bit of treacle toffee duck apple bit of parking or something I mean it's I mean these people got to be sick I mean they, they, they've got problems in their minds if this is the first steps into evil then I don't know yeah but it's I mean
1: crazy. for a witch to say that <laughs> a, a witch would if you were a black witch and I don't know which what colour you are you
10: know, I mean my grand brought me my, I was sort of brought up by my gran who was Irish and everything but I mean this is this has nothing to do with witches or anything it was just a night where you know I mean it was just a natural thing, everybody round about. You know, the capital and all the rest of it. It seems to have no evil connotations whatsoever.
1: So do you treat it as as if it's a religion, almost?
10: Do I treat it as a religion? Yeah, Um, witchcraft, witchery. No, 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 no. Let's get this straight. Most Wiccan groups do. They see it as the ancient religion. I see it as a a brand of individualism, um, getting away from dogma and creed. Um, The way to tap one's inner sources, which are there, believe me. Mm. Uh, the whole, the whole way I came into this was um, due to uh, my second child was mentally handicapped, mm-hmm. and it was a very rare disease, which he said he would die with when he was two, three, and so on. Uh, medics couldn't do nothing for him; nothing could. And I was a Roman Catholic, and went off, and uh, you know, actually went to Lords, and I was so. I went through searching for some hope for him, which wasn't going to be found in any other way than from within myself. And during this time, I, um, what should I say, came across... I wouldn't call it information. It was weird. I got masses of poems. I wrote this stuff down and we sent it off to the Near Eastern Study Department at Manchester University. Mm -hmm. And they said it was ancient Hebrew, um, which I've got no idea of, you know. And There was more and more of this. And... During the time that he was having his fits, there was, I suppose now, looking back on it, I I would say there was various pressure points. But I had no idea of of, of where I would find them on him. And yet, so I was able to reduce the the, the length of the fits uh, so that 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 time was cut down. So eventually, I mean, the kid survived. Well, he's, Mm. he's grown up now. Good. And um, th- 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 there's really no reason that he ought to have done because this disease is called tuberous sclerosis and it's very, very rare and people don't survive with it. Uh, so there's been more than that. And I thought, well, come on, this is interesting. There must be lots of people who've had their back against the wall and had to tap that something in themselves when all else failed, you know. You say he, he, he says there must be an answer. And this is where I, f- I found it. Now, if I discuss this, say, at the time with, say, a Roman Catholic priest or otherwise, they would tell you to back off Mm. uh, some form of uh, possession, something strange happening here. Well, to me, if I got this point in time through the normal channels, say prayer then that's a bit like saying oh you really was ringing the gas board but you got the electricity board sorry about that i mean you can't do that i mean why when suddenly you start to get answers and things start to work for you it's as if you've reached your own godhead inside yourself but this isn't allowed it's just to say no no that's not for you you know the hotline to god isn't for you darling or to any other sub- you know this is for something so you're not allowed that sort of um how can I put it power then put it that way energy source they say that that's not for you to do it's as if you would be manipulating they see it as manipulation to me I see it as survival so I don't know
1: right it's it's just good that we've managed to snatch you from the jaws of the of the television people. (laughs) Thank you very much for giving the witch's view. I very much appreciate it, Barbara. Thank you. So there, Barbara Buntalani, witchy poo. And, well, do you agree with her? Or was she doing the devil's work and trying to pull the old wool over your eyes? Well, inside 488, 3188. Either way, we've got Connie from Durham, who's on six. Hello, Connie. Hello. Hello. Uh, That's
18: Alan, is it? I hope so, Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I just said... I would follow a witch, wouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> what would you like you to tell me? I'm, I'm a medium. Oh. And I'm a phenomena investigator. Right. And one of the things that's levelled at mediums is we dabble in, Right?
7: Mm, yeah.
18: Now, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say anything wrong about the lady that was on before me because I don't know their line of work at all. But I do work in the area of the so-called dead. <laughs> and whereas you do have influences that come for misbehaviour, you have, obviously, the opposite. And your astral travellers or people leaving the body, the opportunity. Some people leave it to misbehave themselves. Some people behave themselves. It's up to you. Right? Yes. Yeah. Now, Halloween, as far as I've ever known, don't frighten the children. Do look after them when they go out with the little turnips and that. But let them enjoy themselves. Don't tell them it's against their faith or anything like that. You'll only make them worried. I mean, if we're going to feed as grown-ups, children, ideology, it's us that feeds the kids,
1: isn't it? Yeah, but does that mean that you, I mean, as somebody that is a medium, you, you obviously believe in there being something on the other side. Well, it's on the other side, it's here. <laughs> it's here, well, around us.
18: Around us, yeah.
1: So, are these people in limbo? Are they dead? Or, where, no, where are not, they? It,
18: no, it's not limbo, or it's not, I mean, if you're going to say dead, if you look at dead, it doesn't move at all, does it? Um, it's the inner body. On passing away or passing over or death the inner being comes away from the outside being and goes on to its next step mm-hmm. or your next room as you say right. A big room though by the way and so really these people that see or are touched by you're only passing by the same point at the same time and um, because you're told from being little, this is a bogey man, you get a fight.
1: So these are, are not members of families coming back seeking out
18: their relatives? Oh, it could be your family, you could move into a house where somebody's still there, that although their body went out in the coffin, they didn't go no way, their, their influence is still there.
1: But you see, it, it must, it must be restricted, I mean, there'll be nobody that goes on honeymoon this weekend mm-hmm. who won't look over their shoulder now. I mean, we want privacy, we don't want snooping eyes it's looking at our private to
18: time
1: No, but in truth, I mean, but in truth, we we want people to 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 feel at ease. How can you feel at ease if we're all surrounded yeah, by just, dead just people?
18: Problem, Alan. Now, one is an investigative phenomena which I've done for years. Yeah. When people come for me, mind I don't go to them. They come to me. They knock on my door. And Mind, they're in upset state. I've mm. got to calm them down first because they get no sleep. They're interrupted. Yeah. They didn't intend anything, Alan they didn't many of the people that i've had to deal with they didn't intend anything at all they just were living in a house and suddenly it's disruptive yeah so all you do is i do is i go in and have a look mind i don't go saying there's going to be anything mm-hmm. i don't give myself up before i go i go and have a look see see what's happening sometimes It can be electricity misbehaving itself. You get the electric board in, the water board, and anybody, anything sort of uh, the natural causes, Mm. or shall we say, unnatural causes. But I have had cases where you couldn't rule out that there was something actually there that was beyond that point. So, I mean, should we be frightened of dead people? Well, I mean, it's up to you. I suppose many people are. I mean, I would say to you, I'm not. I mean,. I'm 51 now, and I've met them since I was five and a half. And the first person I met, for me, it was difficult because it's very solid and it was just a pleasant
1: lady. So presumably on the other side you can have good and bad as well, it's not just well, the good...
18: nobody's a saint, Sadie, and I mean if you pass whatever you are you're not going to change any click
1: of your fingers, Alan. Right, well as a medium's view we didn't expect to get that, Connie, thanks for ringing in. Got to zap on, lots of people to get through. We have got a gentleman by the name of the Reverend Arthur Middleton. Now Arthur is actually the advisor to the Bishops of Durham and Jarrow on psychic psychical matters, can't say it, however, That's what he does. So let's have a word with him right now. He's on line eight. Hello, Arthur. Hello. Hello, sir. Now, the idea of ghosts have been discussed from all sides tonight, and I'm just wondering, where do you stand on this? The Bishop of Durham says there's nothing wrong with Halloween. Do you share his view? Well, I I think
5: uh, there's a fun side to Halloween. Um, There's a fun side to that kind of dressing up, I think, which is... um, uh, something that, that the children do, where they dress up as fairies, gremlins, whatever, mm. and they, they have they have their fun. And I think in that sense, I don't see anything wrong in that. Um, and I think in um, at that particular level, it is just a lot of fun. And uh, I don't think uh, there is any uh, content of um, dabbling in witchcraft. It's not operating on that level at all. It's really operating on the fun level mm-hmm. of uh, children just dressing up and having a good time, mm-hmm. you know, having a laugh, Don't... having a laugh and knocking on the door and trick-and-treat and all yeah. that kind of thing, which I think is quite harmless.
1: Yeah, but what about, we, we've just heard from a medium who says we're surrounded by um, spirits, of, for want of a better word, members of family and friends, they're surrounding us now as we speak. Um, we're told that oh, in books we get the impression that castles are the places for ghosts, and yet it's council estates where they tend to you tend to encounter them more, don't you? Well,
5: I think I think we can probably de- you know describe it in terms of abnormal and paranormal. Um,
1: right.
5: I think that ghosts come in all shapes and sizes. Some materialise, some dematerialise, some move, some are still, some go through a wall. Come hmm. in different colours, maybe headless, whatever. Yes. Um, What has to be established is just what these people are actually seeing. Because there is a degree of reality in what they do tend to see, but discernment is necessary in order to clarify whether what has been seen is something objective (coughs) or whether it is a cry for help that has psychologically projected itself. And and I think that uh, in that sense, you can have... um, Uh, two instances, really. Uh, I can give you two examples. First of all, an example of a 17-year-old girl who kept seeing a dark and frightening ghost, Mm. and the boy that she lived with saw nothing. She was hysterical. Her family background was appalling. She had been thrown out of the family home because of a pregnancy, Mm. had an abortion, and 17 men had been her dad. At 17, she had a second pregnancy and kept the child, but after five weeks, couldn't cope. The child was taken into care and then offered for adoption. The ghost appeared on the child's first birthday and kept appearing as she prepared to sign adoption papers. Mm. The real problem was that she had to learn to let go of the only thing she ever really loved. Yes. And the only one she felt ever loved her. Mm. And what she was seeing was the, three, the the sheer fright of her whole life. And it was frightening. She needed liberating, but it was from herself and her background.
1: So you exercise the mind, not the spirit?
5: Well, you don't exorcise at all. You counsel. Right, right. There's there's nothing there to exorcise. It is a question of helping her to understand what is actually happening. right? And uh, to to bring to her um, a a concern, a compassion, and uh, an understanding in which she herself can begin to see exactly what is happening, and be liberated from it.
1: So you don't believe in any way the many, many stories that people who I'm sure are quite sincere and quite genuine, I've seen a ghost. You don't believe any of that? I do believe they, they may have seen a ghost.
5: On the other hand, what I have to do is to establish whether it is something objective in the sense of uh, a, um, an apparition, a paranormal experience of some kind, or whether it is something within their own psychology. So let me give you a second example. The second example concerns a family who rented a holiday cottage in a village near Carlisle. And during one night, the mother was awakened by a figure of an old woman standing at the bottom of the bed. Mm. The wife then found herself digging her hands deeply into her husband's ribs as she tried to awaken him. At the same time that she was telling him that his ribs had turned to chalk. Mm. The mother was known to be have some kind of psychic um, element about her and had been saying during the week that there was someone else in the house the children were awakened they put the whole experience down to a nightmare and settled down again and some years later one of the daughters went to university and met a young man who came from this same village and whose father had been a village policeman and in conversation the holiday was mentioned and the ghostly experience And the young man told how this cottage was known as the haunted house because an old lady who once lived in it had died, but she had not been found for some time. And when her body was discovered in the bedroom, her bones had become chalk like from decomposition. And this example does illustrate the um, instance of a troubled place.
1: The other, the first example I gave you, is of a troubled person. Mm. Right. So we've now got. Two different areas. areas. In a a word, though, Halloween, in favor or against?
5: Uh, I'm in favor uh, of the fun side, perhaps, um, at that particular level. What worries me is the great commercialization of it and the great hyping of it up in the kind of way that uh, it is today. Uh, In the last 10 years or so, it has been hyped up. The commercial boys have moved in Mm. and I think this is
1: a a bad side of it. Right. Well Arthur, I've actually got to move on from to another caller right now. But Reverend Arthur Middleton, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Well, we're hearing a lot of things. Incidentally, we got a telephone call from David who wanted me to say happy birthday to his wife who was thirty on the mid just after midnight at Halloween. And love comes to you not from him, but from Michelle and Ashley, your two weans. And there's a strange story there because apparently Lynn Saw a ghost, and she wakes up, she woke up one morning and she claimed that she'd been ravished that evening by a ghost. And, I mean, let's face it, you've got to admire her spirit. We've got on line seven, an anonymous gentleman who's calling. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, couldn't resist it. We've got an anonymous gentleman who's calling from heaven. Hello, anonymous. Hello. Hello, ha-
5: sir. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Halloween has got anything to do with it at all. Really? To be quite honest, No. I'll tell you a story as fast as I can because the other callers want to get on. Good man. Right. Me nana was disabled and she had to go in a hospital about three months before this happened, like, and she went in the hospital. Yeah. Um, I thought it was actually the central heating pipes at mm-hmm. first. Yeah. But as it happened, it wasn't. Um, I opened the door in the bedroom fast one day, and uh, I seen something going in the bedroom. Yeah. And uh, I thought nothing of that actually. I just thought it was my imagination. So I shut the door, and it was a couple of nights later. I, um, I was lying in bed, and I actually felt somebody pressing on the bed. Mm-hmm. As if someone was trying to get in the bed.
7: Yeah.
5: And, well, I, I think it was shock, really. I just went to sleep. Anyway. <laughs> 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 it's <laughs> the last sad, thing I had to do, I'll tell you. I, I, thought, I thought it was shock, really. I went to sleep in any anyway. But the main thing was, you know the light switch? The light switch used to go off and on, mm-hmm. but the light didn't. Now,
1: I, I used to actually sit and watch it do it. What, it used to click? Oh, yes, Nothing click? That's No light used to come on at all. And that, that's serious. So you, you believe, obviously, wholeheartedly in ghosts. Do you think there's something that we should genuinely fear and be worried about?
5: No, no, don't fear about is As I get the end of the story, you'll find out what I mean. Well, well, what actually happened, like I say, all through that happened, then actually me nana died in hospital. And uh, she died on the 8th of the 8th of the month. And me granda died on the 8th of the 8th. Month. Ah, what
1: a coincidence.
5: Yeah, and I thought from his day, he was, well, he, me, I, in fact, me nan always says, she was trying, like you were saying, come with us, and she says, no, it's not my time.
1: Until it was. Until it was, and it come to that date. Right, what a story. Anon, thank you very much for that first-class stuff. I believe we've got Harry Shukla, we're going to be talking to him uh, very, very soon, T- quickly dashing across to, uh, you remember that lady who was on about poltergeists and stuff before? I believe we've got her back. Hello me lass. Alan,
2: es- uh, uh, it's Alan again. It's it, me yes, again, Alan. Yes, you're through. I've been listening to your programme all along, and uh, you know, Pat, um, I've been really interested in what you've been talking about. Look,
1: I've got, I've got to tell you, if uh, you see, were in our house, we've got... Whoa. <laughs> Swiftly across to our next caller, who is Harry Shukla. Now, again, we've had Muslim, we've had Jewish, we've had Christian, we've had witches, we've had all sorts. So, in fairness, we've got to try and get everybody on if we can. Harry Shukla, Community Relations Officer for Tyne and Weir, and... He is a member, of course, of the Hindu community. So let's hear what Harry has to say. Hello, Harry. Hello, Alan. Hello, so Glad to get you at last. Good man. Thank you. I've been waiting. (laughs) (laughs) You've done well. Can I ask you the question, though? Yeah. Are are ghosts accepted in the Hindu faith or not?
5: Well, certainly, you know, Hindus believe in ghosts. And um, in India, of course, um, you know, everyone believes, you know. And uh, we heard um, lots of stories Uh, I used to hear when I was a small boy in India. That you know, this is uh, and and that they treat this subject quite seriously, you know. And uh, there are different uh, beliefs, you know. Right. Uh, I... One of the things is that uh, uh, people feel, I uh, say, that uh, you know, a, a person who ends his life uh, abruptly, you know, that means that mm. commits a suicide.
1: Yeah.
5: And then you know, he becomes uh, a ghost. You see.
1: So, do you think this is a harmful thing? No, f- no,
5: no, no, no. I mean, is it for instance, you know, well. Uh, what, what happens is the, um, uh, they don't harm everyone, but certainly, uh, uh, I've heard a story where, uh, uh, somebody told us that, uh, uh ghost entered, you know, a person's body and then, you know, caused, um, a lot of, uh, um, harm, you know, mm. the person became very sick, you know, and, uh, uh, if you look at, you know, uh, his eyes, you know, glaring and, uh, crying sometimes, you know, and, uh became senseless sort of thing, mm. um, and um, then there are certain uh, stories where you know people say, well, don't pass by that that uh, spot, you know. Yeah. For instance, you know, <laughs> uh, unused well, you know, there are there are lots of wells in India, mm. and, uh, and 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 people say, well, you know, a person fell into uh, into into the well and, and and committed suicide, and now you know uh, at midnight or uh, late uh, in the uh, at night, you know, people see him for mm, her.
7: yeah,
5: and uh, and those those are and people, you know, I mean, they they treat you know this subject quite quite seriously. Yeah, and that's why you know you find that it's uh, when a person dies, according to Hindu uh, custom, that there are lots of ceremonies performed. You know, um, after tenth, eleventh, and twelfth day mm-hmm. uh, after his death, and uh, the idea is you know to uh, pray so that you know he uh, the departed soul rests in
1: peace. Right, but I, I was always led to, to believe that your vision, uh, the Hindu vision, yes. of life after death is a, yes. is a little different. What, what is it, if you can put it in a nutshell for well, us?
5: Uh, well, that means, you see, well, what happens, you know, uh, we believe that um, uh, a person, um, say, for instance, you know, in present life, you know, oh. um, uh, tries his best and, and perform good actions, and um, so that uh, when, you know, he dies, then you know he comes back to us, you know, in a in an improved shape. Now it depends upon the type of action that he has performed. Now, if he has performed good deeds, you know, then you know he comes, you know, um, uh, in a, in a better form. Uh, if he has uh, uh, performed bad deeds all the time, then you know he has to come back and and repay, you know, his debt. Ah, so it could be a worm or a slug or something. Could be that you see, and and. Um, so this 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 idea of, of of performing deeds, you know, good deeds or bad deeds, is very very important. Yes. And and um, but then we also uh, it's also said that you say well, the ghost will never uh, be go near a place of worship or you know home where prayers are said in a reg- on, on a regular basis or where you know there is a temple in the home. You know, every Hindu home would have a temple, a small temple. Whether it's in a separate room or in a separate corner of the room,
7: mm.
5: but uh, and again, you know, where prayers are said, you know, on a regular basis in the morning and in the afternoon, yes, then you can be sure that ghost will never go near that particular place. You see,
7: right?
5: Uh, so it is it, it, that the strong belief that, and that's why you find that people do perform uh, uh, sort of prayers and lead uh, a religious life. But again, you see. Um, uh, when, you know, um, say, uh, people find out, you know, there is a ghost, you know, around, then again, you know, the only way, you know, to help that particular ghost is by, by saying prayers so that, you know, pray to Almighty God
1: to, to That
5: is his spirit uh, rest in, uh, um, in peace, you know. Okay,
1: Harry, I'm going to put you on the spot finally and ask Halloween. Are you... <laughs> are you in favour? Are you against it?
5: Well, I mean, you see, I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's, Well, I mean, you know, if we take, take it in, in a light-hearted spirit. And I, I think, see, as long as, you know, well, you know, people take it in, a, in a, as, as a fun and
1: uh, not to create fear. Right. As long as you take it in the right light. Harry, thank you very much again. I'm glad we managed to get everybody that we were aiming to, uh, to get. Got. So <laughs> thank you very much and apologies for waiting. Also, we have got an anonymous lady caller from Prudhoe on three. Over to you, anonymous lady at Prudhoe. Hello.
11: Hello, Alan. Hello. Um, I was just ringing up to just mention about children and ghosties and goodies. I've got a little boy and he, he's not quite two yet, uh-huh. right? And there was one night he woke up and had, I think, a nightmare or something, and I was sitting with him and we sat for a little while, light on and everything, and he turned the setting and he's going, Man? Man? And i was saying, where's the man's fetage? Man? Brie wasn't frightened, you know? It's like, there was a man there, but it was quite normal. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I thought, oh. So anyway nothing more was said and about 15-20 minutes later he goes to bed and he stood at the door and he said night night man said, oh god so um <laughs> anyway we, I thought well right this happened a couple of times and we moved house recently and I thought nothing more of it no, nothing more and it was the other night he went up to bed and I was sitting with him and he's going man? man? you know as if it was a long lost friend coming yeah. to see him you know what I mean and I was telling my family and my nana thought it's your grandda you know my grandda died four years ago And, I mean, I loved him dearly, I really did. Mm. And he never, well, I mean, obviously, he never saw his his great-grandson, you know, and he loved kids, and I know he would have dearly loved to have seen him. You know what I mean? And so I sort of comfort myself in the knowledge that I think it's my granddad coming to see his great-grandson, you know? So it was quite strange, though, because if if the, the, I've got a dog as well, and if the dog and the little one both sit sit and look at the wall at the same time and sort of follow their eyes round, you know? But, I mean, I've seen ghosts on a number of occasions, so, I mean, (laughs) I'm a great
1: believer in this sort of thing. But the the idea of your youngster maybe seeing a ghost, Mm -hmm. how do you feel about that?
11: Well, I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't shock me as such, do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I believe that um, both young children and animals have got this sort of sense that you, you sort of grow out of if you uh-huh. get older and if you get wiser, supposedly. So you lose this thing. Some people don't lose it. Some people do lose it, you know what I mean? But I think young children are so innocent, and if they're seeing something, they see it.
1: Right, it's so, I'm going to have to close you down, because yeah. we've got to get this experiment done. Mm. What about Halloween? Are you for it or against it?
11: I'm um, sorry, as long as you don't take it too seriously. I think it's great for the kids. I have a great time. But, I mean, if, you, if you're going to look into it dead seriously and stuff, I mean, you might as well forget it, really.
1: Right, well, well said. Thank you very much for calling in, Non. Right, so, down down to business, I suppose, now, and it's this is the serious part of the program i want you to concentrate we pick a spot somewhere in your room a beam of light something that's not going to blind you not going to sort of affect your eyes in any way we don't want don't want you seeing spots in front of your face that's not what we want we want to try we talking to somebody who isn't deals with the american psychic research establishment some and I, I, fella, And he says, if you get four people together and you concentrate about an opening, something will create itself for you. It's nothing to fear. It's nothing dangerous. It's nothing like that, but something will happen. Now, we're hoping that if enough people in the north of England do this, that... We've managed to, I don't know, conjure up a northern ghost. What is a northern ghost? That's what we've been trying to to decipher tonight. We've had help from all sorts of people, and I'm sincerely grateful. We've had celebrities, we've had bishops, we've had Muslims, Hindus, Jewish, Christians, and the odd atheist and medium and witch thrown in. So do it now, this second. Hands together, join your hands. If you feel pressure on those hands building up, therefore you're likely to be creating something. So now, pick that point of light. I'm doing it. I've got hold of Joe's with me now. Brenda's with me. We're doing it. So concentrate. Concentrate on that one point of light. Concentrate. Look into it. Think of the opening. Think of the opening. We must have that spirit. Think about it. We want to create something. We must conjure. Concentrate. Do it now. Concentrate. Concentrate. What the... Did there anybody
19: die? Oh. Hey, I'm a forest giant car and
1: I'm in office. What the devil's um... oh. Oh. oh well how how did you become a ghost then?
19: You mean how did I die? How did these things always happen? singing a lope song in a deep romantic make to this with fella's fellow's wife. I, I think I knew it was. And, oh, he's near as I knew a bottle of here. Yeah.
1: What in the hell do you ask a ghost? Um, um, what do you do during the day, then? Me? Oh! <laughs> oh. A frightened
19: man, so twiddle. I'll tell you what else I do I'm on one of these STSSs. What's that, then? They're called a spiritual training scheme. I've got to prove that I'm worth taking only their the <laughs> Really? Most people manage our After all, the benefits are out of this
1: world. So, so do, you, do you really like haunting people, then? What? You mean...
7: Yeah,
19: I do a little bit of that. Sometimes. Most of the fellas haunt Samantha Fox's bedroom. (laughs) A Linda (laughs) Luciani. Well, you gotta get moved, man. You gotta get moved in there. None of the lads would.
1: (laughs) A howl. It. No, no, that. No,
19: they just sort of stand there with wide open. I've told them. I said if God spots you, he you know, a bit naughty. This is culture. I'm sure culture doesn't mean you're driven to the goal.
1: No, but, but, but I mean, look, let's face it, there's a lot more people that have died than are alive now. It, it must be chuck a block up there.
19: Go <laughs> away. Victoria, Boadicea, he's a funny old trout. John Lennon, old poops, there's a quick castle from here. Nah, he looks like Hitler, but it's not, it's that fella that won the Peace Prize in 1937. I don't know, he's on here, but he's the here, all colours and creeps. Tell you what, swag, 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 I had an Indian meal with more Hatma Gandhi last Thursday. Give over. Nice look. Spent the whole time complaining about his Raphael I think it was
1: home he's But I, I mean, you've, you've, you've decided tonight to come down and, and, and appear uh, on Halloween. Why is it that you're so hard to get in touch with the rest of the time then?
7: Yeah.
19: Or, hear me it. no. It's just like you lot shouting up the chimney for Santa class. Someone passing on the spiritual plane has got to hear what you're going on about and then give us a shout.
1: I i normally down the
19: celestial betting office, you
1: know. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought there was anything like that. Uh, so there is a heaven, some people probably would be saying. and But I mean, if you could haunt. I'm, I'm, well, do you ever go haunting anybody else
19: then? Oh, I haunted it, could a lot, you know. Ooh, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> I know you've been haunted. Ten Downing Street, I tried last month. You didn't. Put the sight of doors to, forced thing in the morning, scared and a dear, daylight sort out of, <laughs> of us. <laughs> anyway, Alan, I've got a good no. Oh no. Oh, as the seal beer, I've got this blue uh, of I stand with this. It's some new exchange thing that God's got gannon with the devil. Oh, Mr. Pierce, is he not.
1: <laughs> Incidentally,
19: <laughs> can I just give you a warning from behind the grave? <laughs> a warning? You gotta laugh otherwise in business. Whoa, whoa, what's say. this warning? I just want to warn you that I've had a look at St. Peter's Really? If you'll pardon the expression. And I noticed that you're near who's not on it. it it's, it's what? And I had a look on the dodgy list. Oh,
1: wait, can you hang on? Just this, this probably. There's a lot of questions that I'd <laughs> like to <Good> ask. <laughs> Vanish up his own... whatever they vanish up there. So, there, it's been a very, very peculiar night. Uh, I think you'll admit, on the night else, we've had controversy, we've had guests, we've had you. That's the thing that counts. And maybe we've put ghosts in the true perspective. Halloween, it's all right to have a laugh, it's all right to enjoy yourself, as long as maybe you don't take things too seriously. Again, thank you to all the guests. Thank you to all you Night Elves for taking part so actively as you have done tonight. I think...
0: I don't know about you, but I actually said, just because we knew this was coming on, we've sent out for a pizza and uh, had a few people popping by as well saying hi. Lovely. Thanks to each and every one of you. But was that not one of the most amazing shows you've ever heard? From me, Alan Robson, Good night, God bless you, and I wish you well. Oh, maybe this is how I did it back in the day. Oh, hasn't been a scary night for you. We hope we've given you the odd collie
1: wobble, but finish with a grin on with chops, does it really exist? Good stories anyway, aren't they? Hope you've enjoyed the Encyclopedia of Northeastern Gorse. My thanks to Jude, Chris, and Jane. A lot of people putting this one together. Hope you've enjoyed it. Bye. Gum, I think it's been corking. Thank you for taking part. And, that,
14: and, that, and that's all.
1: Oh, From me, Alan Robson, good night. God bless you. And I wish you well.